This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here. Your coach, your guide on the side. Back in the saddle. Been gone a few days. Had to take a break. Went uh, to sunny St. George, Utah, which is, if, you, if you've never been to Utah, most beautiful country down in the red kind of rocks area, about two hours away from Las Vegas, but hot. It was so hot that everyone's like, what did you do? And my son and I, my wife even was like, so did you go on a lot of hikes? And we're like, um... Man, we saw a lot of animals. <laughs> we saw uh, we saw turtles. We saw dogs and cats. We saw a crocodile. Birds. Birds. Uh-huh. She's like, you saw these in Utah? And I'm like, well, we saw them on um, Animal Planet. Because you were in your hotel we were in our, and yeah, air conditioning. We were in a condo. Just We were too – it's just too hot. And every time we'd go out there, we'd just be like, oh, it's hot. But we did go golfing. Mm. Holy cow. How'd you do? I've got a really great shot of me. I realized I have a really fat belly, which is what we're going to learn about today. Uh, it's because I drink uh, aspartame. Oh, does that? Yeah, apparently. That makes that happen. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I've heard of bad side well, effects, but I didn't know it was belly bloat. Well, it makes your face twitch, and it also makes you have the shakes. And your belly bloats. And I got belly bloat. <laughs> but I did that because my son videoed me hitting golf balls. By the way, great swing. Really? Except I need to, to follow. I need to follow through more. I need to follow through more. But we were both lightheaded playing. Because <laughs> it was so hot. Yeah, and I think that was the aspartame. Or heat stroke. It could have been heat stroke. It probably was heat stroke. Because another problem with aspartame is uh, no caffeine is it's it's a, a diuretic, mm-hmm. so it dehydrates you. So I'm pretty sure we were dehydrated, you know. But it was so fun. Just my son and I. We just went to hang out, but we didn't really do anything. We That's hit the golf best balls kind of trip, one day. With your child, don't do anything. Just we, talk. Yeah, we watched a lot. We did. We talked don't a lot. Good. Except it was also weird because some, you know, all of a sudden my son would just disappear. It was just the two of us, <laughs> and he would just disappear. Kind of giving you a hint. He'd disappear for like four hours. <laughs> He's. I think he was just f- done. I think he was just full of it. He was just done with me. So he'd walk away. But it was great. Good times. Uh, good to be back. The holy cow! It was your birthday. Kathy Aiken, Yesterday, now 38. So 30, 39. Nine. Yeah, yeah, 39. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that 40 to see what that's like. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, you're, you'll get a big bloaty belly <laughs> and you, you won't be able to walk. Yeah. By the way, are you supposed to – do you use your legs a lot, I guess, when you golf? Like when you're swinging? I do, yeah. Because my legs are so sore. <laughs> I honestly... You're just now figuring that out, that you use your legs when you golf? Yeah. It must have been a while since you've golfed. Also, in the video of me golfing, maybe I should post it. No, I can't, because i got a big gut and skinny little legs. Um, but I realized, man, I've got to get some sun, which you'd They're think you could wide. do in 105-degree yeah. heat, but we were too hot. Um, but it was your birthday, and we missed it yesterday. Yes, and but I brought some treats for you us You brought all. your own treat for your so, birthday. So I don't know what today is, but I'm going to say it's National... 
uh, chocolate peanut butter egg day. Ooh, yes. Because uh, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world made me my favorite treat. They look delicious. I know it's more of an, an Easter treat, but no. she knows it's my favorite, so she made it for me. An Easter egg, peanut butter, chocolate-covered peanut butter Easter egg. Yes. Oh, they're so good. And it's so, not yeah, even Easter. Uh, there's did you get? Did you get any? Did, well. you, did you get a great birthday present? What did you get? What did I get? My husband gave me a gift card okay. to go to Nordstrom, which I'm really looking romantic, forward to. Very, sure. very romantic. Yeah. But we're going out to dinner tonight because our oldest boy couldn't go. Where are we going? We are going either to Park City or to uh, Snowbird. You know yeah, what? I, I am decide. not available tonight. Okay. Well, I kind of figured that, which is why we didn't invite you. Well, I thought you said we. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, that was awkward. But good to have you. You know what, though? The best part of my birthday is just is just hearing from friends and family that to me i don't need is gifts it really? anymore. no is yeah. that really oh, the to- people it say is. that oh but- it totally is for me my really? son came in and goes mom i just want you to know i love you so much you're the greatest mom and that's it that's all i needed that's who, the who said part. that my middle boy middle boy uh-huh middle boy um wow and my missionary boy yeah emailed me well yeah sunday night japan time uh, he's emails did he we get him sunday night did he say konnichiwa Konnichiwa. No, he did not actually. I can't remember the word that he says. It says goodbye. I can't remember what it is. But he said happy birthday, and you know, it's all he needed. It was great. Oh yeah. man, yeah. sayonara, sayonara. Is that yeah, that's it? Probably it, huh? Sayonara. Say goodbye in Japanese. Yeah, is it? Sayonara. By the way, that is the that is the sultry voice of Michael Pond, <laughs> who is the board op. I'm so excited You're back. to be here. Michael Pond has been on the show forever. Hey, t- Matt, you look so tan. By the way, you know, I actually didn't see any sun. Yeah, maybe it's the aspartame. I think it is. It's actually jaundice because <laughs> my kidneys are failing <laughs> and my liver is backing up, apparently because of aspartame. Well, the, the, the peanut butter eggs have no aspartame. It's complete, total sugar. Mm. So, yeah, even better. I have been uh, – in fact, so if anybody's wondering why we keep bringing up aspartame, we are going to be talking aspartame. Pepsi has removed aspartame from their uh, diet beverages. What are they using instead? Uh, now they're going to use a, just a little bit of honey from a mm, beehive. There we no, go. <laughs> the Pepsi beehive. No, they're going to be using – They have another uh, sugar. Oh, it's a fake sugar. I'll find it for you here. Not Truvia. Nope, no. Nope. whatever that nope. is. No, there's a lot of – isn't that funny? There's a lot of fake sugars. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be finding out today that maybe we ought to just get rid of all the fake sugars and we ought to just have sugar. Like because Coke. Like Coke has what, like 20 teaspoons of sugar? Just have the real, yeah. real stuff. You See, know? you know what's funny? When I drink a real Coke, I really get sick. Do you? Uh-huh. I can't drink diet. Oh, Can't it you? Tastes, it tastes awful. To I me. know. Isn't that great? It, that it tastes awful? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has that acid. It's kind of like if you just wrapped your mouth around like a lead pipe. Yes, that's pretty much what it tastes like for Does sure. It, but <laughs> isn't that heavenly? I can't get, I so can't get my day started. It tastes awful, but it's mm-hmm. diet. So mm-hmm. you're thinking, well, it's good for me. But see, it's, I can blame my mom. This all started with my mother because my mother, when Thank I was a kid, used to drink a drink called Tab. Oh, do you remember yes, Tab? I do remember Tab. Talk about bad tasting is, things. It is. It's bad. But as a kid, I was addicted to Tab. Why do we like that? I don't understand. That taste is just awful. I think it's... I mean, like a sugar drink is not good either, but yeah. it just at least I, at least tastes semi-good. Yeah. Diet drinks just taste horrible to me. Oh, me too. <laughs> and I love but it. But they, they're so good for you. <laughs> if you want a gut and you want a twitchy eye and you're, you want your innards to become outards, then you better... Drink some oh. diet beverages. Anyway, we'll be talking today with Andrea Ovard, who's a dietitian, and she's going to walk us through aspartame and all of the other sugars that we need to kind of you know pay attention to. But she's also going to talk about healthy sugar and uh, how much is enough, and you know when you know you're done. Uh, I'll, uh, we'll be talking about that after I eat my 
peanut butter chocolate egg. But first, let's get to the birthday girl. Kathy Aiken with the headlines. Thank you, Matt. A man in a yellow shirt is being sought by Thai police in connection with the bombing at a Bangkok shrine yesterday. Surveillance video shows the man carrying a backpack near the scene. Then later, the video shows he does not have the backpack anymore. A second explosive device was thrown from a bridge this morning, but no one was hurt. Dozens of wildfires continue to cause major damage across the West, burning nearly 7 million acres in Oregon, Idaho, Washington, and California. The U.S. Forest Service says it's spending over $100 million dollars a week to fight the blazes, which means its annual budget for fighting fires will be gone within a week. Washington Fire spokesperson Wayne Patterson says his fire crews are tired. Crews are starting to get stretched very, very thin. As fast as they can get down, get a couple of days of relaxation, they're back up and going again. California alone has spent $133 million on fighting fires since last month. The House passed a bill in July allowing the Forest Service to use disaster funds when it drains its fire budget. President Obama lost another key ally on the Iran nuclear deal. Senate Foreign Relations Committee Chairman Bob Corker, a Tennessee Republican, said Congress should reject the deal and send it back to the president. Corker is one of the president's closest Republican allies on foreign affairs, and he joins Democratic Senator Chuck Schumer in objecting the deal. Corker said the agreement will not make the nation safer. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell admitted yesterday the president will most likely have enough votes to override a veto on the nuclear accord. The State Department says its review of Hillary Clinton's emails has found more than 300 that could possibly contain classified information. The Democratic presidential frontrunner turned over her private email server to the FBI last month and said she never sent or received any emails on her private server that were marked classified. Her Republican critics are concerned she may have compromise national security, something she has adamantly denied. Donald Trump reported for jury duty yesterday. The GOP presidential frontrunner reported to the state Supreme Court in Manhattan, taking a break from the campaign trail. It's a great system. It's a system that works. And they do a fantastic job. And I met some wonderful people. Trump was released yesterday afternoon without getting selected for trial. Two women will make history on Friday when they graduate from the Army's Ranger School. The two are the first to complete the rigorous training since it was opened earlier this year to women and the first since the Rangers began more than 60 years ago. The women will receive the Ranger tab but won't be allowed to join the infantry at least through this year. The Pentagon is ordered after this year all occupations have to be open to women. Doctors in Germany say quadruplets born three months ago to a 65 year-old woman can leave a Berlin hospital soon. The three boys and one girl were born nearly three months prematurely and delivered by cesarean section and are doing well. Speaking of babies, Matt, a Seattle police officer, Anthony Reynolds, noticed a car running red lights and speeding early Sunday morning. When he ordered them to pull over and stop, the driver jumped out to tell the officer his wife was in labor. The Mm. officer called for an ambulance, but it was too late. The officer helped with the delivery, then cleared the baby's airway and got her breathing. Wow. The family wrote to the department telling them how grateful they were for the help of delivering their precious gift. And yeah. as that mother, I can imagine really a most uncomfortable place to deliver a baby. <laughs> Police officer there going, I'll help you. I got it, ma'am. You're not looking like my doctor, but thank you. Oh, can you that imagine? Would so, that would be that Well, would and be the hard. fear, because you're, this guy, he's a cop. <laughs> Don't tase my baby. <laughs> Don't tase my baby. <laughs> it's just we don't. I mean, again, and we get all over cops because they're they make other mistakes, right? And there's been so many bad, you know, stories yeah. of the police lately. So this one, it's it's nice to have a good one. Man, why would you want to be a cop? I, you just got to show up know. on. Did you see the story? I can't remember where it was. The cop that he 
he did not pull a weapon because he immediately in his mind was, if I do this, I'm going to be on the front page of the oh, news. I'm going to be yeah. labeled this, that, and the other. And he got beat up badly, oh, see, badly, because he didn't he didn't pull his weapon. I think if I was a cop, I would just sit at a donut shop and eat donuts. <laughs> with aspartame? With aspartame yes. and, and down diet beverages with aspartame. <laughs> because why – And or you're going to have to deliver a baby. Yeah, Wherever I mean, you go, you got to do something. <laughs> you ever just sat there and say, why aren't the cops doing something? Where are the police? Okay, well, great news. Good job, Kathy. And thanks for the uh, chocolate egg, peanut and butter And thank egg. you to Christy Blanchard. Shout out to Christy. Shout thank out. you. Christy, feel free to bring those eggs by any time. Uh, I've got a gut, apparently, that can take it. Hey, today we are going to be talking about aspartame. You know, Diet Pepsi, it's replacing aspartame in their diet beverages, folks. Caffeine-free Diet Pepsi, Wild Cherry Diet Pepsi, Bye-bye to the aspartame. It has such a bad reputation, and we're going to be talking with um, with somebody that's going to help, help us sort through the whole aspartame myth. Is it, is it a real problem? Is it something we need to worry about? Andrea Ovard will be joining us. She's a dietitian at the University of Utah Medical Center, and um, she's going to walk us through that and healthy sugars. You know, you need healthy sugars as well. Stick with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. And now, the Riverdale Carnival presents the Archies. Take care of the kissing booth while we're singing, Sabrina. Okay, everybody. Here we go with our new hit record. Sugar! Sugar! Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Man, uh, sugar. You know, it's you can't win with sugar, apparently, because if you have too much sugar, right, it's just too many calories, it's bad for you. Then processed, refined sugars, whatever, all these words come up. So then, you know, the great uh, beverage companies of the world decided that they were going to get rid of sugar, and they added other types of sweeteners. Uh, you may have heard of the word aspartame, right, of course, um, and which, by the way, is sold under different names, brand names, NutraSweet or Equal. You ever heard of that one? Or sucralose, which is also an artificial artificial sweetener that is typically in those little yellow packets that you see, um, you know, at the coffee shop. It's also branded Splenda. Aspartame is bland, branded as equal or NutraSweet, right? So you see these packets everywhere you go. Blue, pink, or yellow packets. They're all sweeteners. Well, apparently Pepsi has decided it's not going to play the game anymore, and it is actually going to remove aspartame from its Diet Pepsi and Wild Cherry Diet Pepsi, and instead it's going to use sucralose as its sweetener because aspartame it has so many um, has such a bad reputation. So we wanted to bring in an expert, somebody that has studied the issue. And, and knows what's really going on about aspartame and all of these artificial sweeteners. And who better to do that for us than Andrea Ovard. Andrea is a registered dietitian. She graduated here from Brigham Young University with a Bachelor's of Science in Dietetics and is now um, 
working at the University of Utah Hospital as a clinical dietitian in the cardiac ICU and medical units. She also writes a blog titled The Baking Dietitian, and uh, her blog focuses on sharing healthy recipes, which, by the way, includes sugar. So she's also going to teach us the healthy use of sugar. Andrea Ovard, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited to be here. You bet. Great to have you. And um, talk to us about aspartame. I mean, I have to admit, I consume diet beverages and uh, <laughs> by the caseload. And um, apparently, that's not good for you. That is what they are saying. <clears throat> so there is a lot of controversy, especially recently, about aspartame and other sweeteners. Aspartame, for whatever reason, tends to get kind of the most negative attention in the media um, at least recently, and a lot of it's been linked to everything. Uh, people are saying that it's been linked to everything from cancer to migraines to MS. Wow! Um, there have been a ton of a ton of studies on it over the past few years. I've done a lot of research on it, um, but yeah, a lot of the the diet soda companies or the soda companies are taking it out now of their sodas because of the bad rap that it's gotten, and they've seen their sales really decrease because of that. People are avoiding it and going for other forms of drink, whether it be regular soda or just other other drinks, um, because of all these concerns that they've found recently. This is a big deal. And I think, I think the reason it's such a big deal is because these soda companies, these beverage companies are behind it. Because if this was just, I don't know, it seems like the research doesn't necessarily bear out that, um, that you're going to have... That, that aspartame is a carcinogen. It was in some studies apparently with mice mm-hmm. many, many moons ago. Right. And there's a, a, a bunch of issues about that. But there's also right now a lot of taxes that they're trying to tax soda, right, in some cities yeah. and states, and especially the sugary drinks. They're just trying to put a hefty tax on it. Um, so is, is some of the backlash just that, just that it's Coca-Cola or Pepsi-Cola? Right, yeah. They So like you said, they have done studies. Um, they've done a lot of studies on this topic. And a f- uh, quite a few years ago, they did find some study or some results in rats that they thought that it caused cancer. But actually, when they looked at a lot of those studies, they found many issues with the studies. They had a lot of things that they thought might actually be false data hmm. or just um, complications with the studies that were kind of overlooked. And they found that actually... They didn't really think, um, looking at all the studies comparatively, that it really caused cancer. And the Cancer Society themselves have actually come out with a statement and said that they believe that aspartame is safe when consumed in normal amounts. Um, the, ADI, or the ADI, the recommended daily intake, is set at about 40 milligrams per kilogram. So that's, I mean, if you're about a 130-pound person. Not even um, close. Yeah, you you would have to drink like 20 12 ounce diet sodas a day oh, wow. to even even get to the ADI, and that's a conservative estimate, and that's assuming that you're drinking it, you know, yeah, for a lifetime. That, right. You would have to be drinking a lot of soda even to get to that amount. See, it, it, and it seems like I mean, we we all know soda's not good for you. Right. I mean, it, regular soda has a lot of sugar, which we know for a fact has been linked to, you know, over con, overconsumption of energy and weight gain and diabetes and all these things. So people have turned to, did turn to diet sodas because, you know, you can avoid the calories and the sugar and still get that fix that a lot of people desire and crave. Yeah. Um, and so obviously I, I promote everything in moderation. I drink diet soda myself, honestly, not every day, but I, I do drink it. 
Um, and I don't, I don't think that there's a problem with that. And I have patients that ask me about it, especially diabetic patients that are trying to limit their sugar. They say, you know, all these concerns, I see all these concerns with um, the sweeteners. Should I be drinking regular soda instead? And I definitely would say, you know, looking at the two, sugar has a lot more negative effects than these sweeteners have proven to Oh, really? So, Mm -hmm. so if it comes down to it, I mean, sucralose or aspartame, they really are still, um, they they have less negatives or downsides than just drinking a a Coke, a sugary drink. Right. Yeah. Um, because your body doesn't absorb, you know, that that's the point is your body doesn't absorb it. So it just kind of goes through you and you don't absorb the calories. You don't absorb, you know, there's no sugar. Um, When consumed in very large amounts, it can cause some GI effects, which isn't necessarily really bad. It's just kind of uncomfortable. It can cause some, you know, like flatulence and, you know, just like stomach issues and kind of not feeling great if you drink a ton. But that's not, you know, that's just something you'd have to deal with that (laughs) can be caused by other things as well. I mean, it seems like socially you'd pay a price. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Talk about, um, because one of the things that I did read is that it might mess up a little bit uh like it might it might increase your production of insulin uh-huh because because it, you're it's a fake sugar right so you're tricking your body into whether it needs insulin or it doesn't need insulin and that may actually make your body store more fat yeah they, they i think there have been a couple of studies that sh- have shown that um but overall the studies have shown that that's not true again Woo. so the way that your body absorbs it these sweeteners your body well, basically doesn't absorb them. They kind of just go right through you for the most part. So you're not absorbing them. So you're not, you shouldn't be having this increase in insulin. And they have said, you know, some people say, well, these sweeteners will make you gain weight and they're actually supposed to help you lose weight. But really what they've kind of found is um, kind of in general, people that drink more soda tend to not have as healthy of a diet um, overall. And that's more the cause of the weight gain is all these other factors in their diet. It's not the the sugar or sorry, the sweeteners themselves. Well, it seems like we're trying to blame the person then. Why aren't we blaming aspartame? Let's go back to that because Mm -hmm. it's much easier to blame aspartame than every other human because every time I am drinking a diet beverage, I've I, a lot of times it has like a logo from a fast food restaurant on it. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess that's part of the problem. Like, here's the deal, and you help me with this. Do we have? Oh, we've got to take a break. But when we come back, Andrea, I want you to help me with this, okay? Because sure. I'm a social drinker. Uh-huh. I, I drink my diet beverages for social reasons. Right. For example, I it helps me get out of my office uh-huh. to go get a drink. Yeah. And Otherwise, you know, it's, it's, and I like just getting away. Mm-hmm, it's, it's freedom. So, so, um, help me with that. We'll come back and uh, continue this discussion with Andrea, uh, Ovard, and she's walking us through aspartame. Is it, you know, is it, is it a source of darkness that is slowly creeping into our food supply to, so the government can eventually own us? Or is it just, you know, a sweetener. We'll find out uh, more on the interesting subject of aspartame and artificial sweetener. Stick with us, folks. Again, the goal of the show is to help you live longer. This is uh, one segment that we can guarantee will help. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. If you enjoy a diet beverage, uh, or if you've ever just put a, you know an artificial sweetener in your coffee or whatever drinks you're using, um, you, you've probably seen those cute little pink packets or blue packets of Equal or NutraSweet or some of the name brands, Splenda. Well, those are sweeteners. Some of them are aspartame. That would be Equal or NutraSweet. Uh, Splenda would be the the artificial sweetener called sucralose. And remember, Diet Pepsi has decided to shift their uh, their use from aspartame in their diet drinks to sucralose, and, and it's creating quite a stir. There seems to be a big backlash already about the um, the use of aspartame, and, and it seems to have gone on since about, I don't know, the 80s or so. So we wanted to kind of cut through it and find out how dangerous is aspartame? Is it really going to, you know, make you grow a third arm out of your neck? Let's hope not. But uh, joining us right now is Andrea Ovard, and she has a website, uh, bakingdietitian.com. It's a blog. She's a nutritionist from the University of Utah Hospital and is a clinical dietitian in the cardiac ICU and medical units and is a blogger extraordinaire. Plus, she just is helping us cut through the you know the truth to get to the truth about these crazy sweeteners. Andrea, welcome back to the show. Thanks, good to be back. So uh, it's funny because aspartame has pretty much been blamed for everything from dizziness to blindness to uh, seizures, headaches. How, yeah. So what's real? Um, so the effects that they've found are that there, there are people that have claimed, yeah, that it causes everything from migraines to cancer to all these different things. And actually the National Multiple Sclerosis Society as well as the Cancer Society have come out and said that looking at the research overall, there's no link that aspartame is actually safe when consumed in, you know, average normal amounts, which you would have to drink a ton of diet soda or sweeteners to even get close to that. So there's um, no there's no link to cancer cancer. Right. Um, even if you, because A, it's impossible to get that much aspartame in your mm-hmm. system realistically. Right, right. And so, but, but the, that's even the Cancer Society. They're saying yeah. not a problem. Right. And, you know, the National Multiple Sclerosis Society, people have said that it causes brain tumors and seizures and, and MS, and they've come out and said that, you know, these claims aren't documented and that the ev- evidence doesn't clearly show that. Mm. Oh, Andrea. So it seems like it's really about us then. It is. And, you know, all these, I mean, it's it's trendy now to be on fad diets and, and people, you know, want to cut out all these different things. There's so many different diets. And so people just kind of jump on the bandwagon without even really knowing what the research says. And, you know, one person has a negative effect um, and then everybody just decides that, you know, whatever whatever the latest craze is, is unhealthy. Mm. Well, so, okay, so explain me this, oh, dietitian. Um, so I was watching a video that my son filmed of me sh- uh, hitting golf balls, mm-hmm. and apparently I have a gut. <laughs> okay. And I, didn't, I never noticed it, um, uh-huh. but uh, it was affecting my swing. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the things that I wanted to find out, because one of the the claims is that it this actually causes more fat storage in your gut area. Right. Again, you're blowing that up. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, aspartame and other sweeteners, we don't digest them. We don't absorb the calories. Aspartame does have a few calories, but the thing with sweeteners is that they're so much sweeter than sugar that you can use a way less amount and still get the sweetness that you desire. So you can consume quite a few less calories and sugar overall. And sugar is what's shown, you know, we know that sugar and yeah. calories and fat is what causes us to gain weight. Um, it's not the sweeteners themselves. It's other factors of our diet, but that's just an easy thing to blame. So that's what we tend to lean to because we don't want to actually look at our diets. Um, there's this statement that I love that was put out by the European Journal of Nutrition and Food Safety, and they said, you know, with regards to public health and, and overweight, um, you know, gaining weight, the real risk in our diet is not the safety of food additives, but rather more likely the potential impacts of consuming too much energy and an unhealthy diet pattern. What? Wow. Yeah. But see, isn't that interesting? Because uh, sugar causes weight gain, yeah. caloric intake, right? Mm-hmm. Weight gain. Right. But uh, everyone was saying that aspartame would cause cancer, and cancer is worse than weight gain. So. Yeah, I would have to agree. But yeah. what's funny is but we now know that aspartame doesn't cause cancer, and right. and everyone's like, relax, you work mm-hmm. good with this. Um, so in the end, I think I know who's sending out all these messages about aspartame. But I don't want to cast aspersions here, but I'm pretty sure it's the sugar industry. Yeah, yeah, right. But, which is because already a really us. big industry anyway. Exactly. So they're all fighting with each other. Yeah. Right? To, to try to kill us in different ways. Right. Yeah. Everyone has their own agenda. And the sugar industry has fought very hard against, you know, there's these new food labels that they're trying to put out that actually show added sugar versus total sugar. And that's being fought against. You know, everybody wants to be able to promote their product. And, yeah. and that's understandable. But also we, we end up getting incorrect information in the process. I mean, that that's an interesting little debate there, because when you think about everything has some daily recommended allowance of sh- mm-hmm. of of what you're supposed to be taking in, except, except sugar. Sugar, and that sticks out, yeah, because they don't want, they don't want you to know how much you're consuming because it would probably shock most people. Like we're we're probably consuming because sugar's in everything. It's in our it pasta, mm-hmm. uh, bread. It's in everything. Yeah. Everything. Oh, cereals, see, so. that is the devil. That's the yeah. devil's food. Yeah, and we tend to think that it's just in you know candy bars mm-hmm. and soda and things like that. But it's they they sneak it into everything now. <laughs> yeah, so it's hard to avoid. Yeah, I haven't had a candy bar for years, honey. Pass the bread. Yeah, and we exactly. just down bread all day. Uh huh. But yeah. so sugar, though. In fact, I, I was reading an, an article about the fact that if we actually counted our sugar intake. We're probably taking in twice as much sugar as we should. Yeah, I would say at least that much um, just, you know, through all of the different things that we eat all day. You know, you have cereal for breakfast and a sandwich with bread at lunch. And not that those things, you know, you should never eat those things, but we do end up consuming a lot more, especially because, you know, portion sizes and things like that have gotten so big. Mm. Okay, so explain for us, because this is, I think, where we lose people when it comes to sugar, Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, sugar... Isn't sugar just the processing? Our body processing carbs would turn it to sugar? Well, so there's added sugar, which is, you know, like table sugar. Um, and then you process that and you store that as fat in your body, anything that you're not using by, you know, energy and, and exercising and things like that. Um, and then carbs, the like with bread and stuff like that, when you have these whole carbs, which are, you know, fiber is a carbohydrate as well. There's different kinds of carbohydrates. You have total carbohydrates and then you have sugar. Um, so sugar is a carbohydrate, but not all carbohydrates are sugar, if that makes sense. It doesn't, but so. keep going. 
Uh, what? Because, no, it doesn't. Just oh. be, but but see, this, this is where it gets so complicated. Right. Yeah. But in the end, this is why you need a dietitian, Andy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can help you understand all of that. <laughs> so, I mean, our body does process all sugars the same, but you get, you know, the the sugar that you get from an apple versus from a candy bar. The reason that the apple is better is you're getting fiber, you're getting all these vitamins and minerals, and you're getting a lot of a lot more benefits from the apple than you are from just the sugar and fat in a candy bar. Mm. So what what should we do to manage our, our sugar intake? Right. So I'm an advocate for everything in moderation. I kind of have a rule that I, I tell my clients, um, the 80-20 rule, where 80% of your foods come from, you know, your diet comes from fresh, whole foods, fruits and vegetables. I mean, vegetables have, you know, a ton of fruits and vegetables are the healthiest things that we can eat. And then whole grains, you know, whole wheat bread and brown rice and things like that, trying to eat whole foods. And then 20% let yourself indulge a little bit. Um, and if you follow that and if you follow like the My Plate method that they put out, you know, where you're having a variety of foods and getting foods from all food groups and nutrients from every kind of food, you'll be on the right track to, to eating a lot less sugar, especially if you're filling up on fruits and vegetables. I mean, you work in a heart unit in a cardiac Mm -hmm. unit at a major university hospital. And I'm sure it's interesting because most of us aren't really motivated to eat healthy, probably until we're in a cardiac unit. Yeah. And I see a lot of people that say, you know, I come in and I start to talk to them about these, this new diet that they need to follow a cardiac diet or a diabetic diet. And they say, you know, I, I didn't realize how important it was. And now that I'm here, I don't want to be back here. So I really want to make some changes. And that's when people really start to realize it. But the nice thing is, if you can make those changes before, hopefully you don't end up here. Right. Hopefully I don't have to see you. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, um, and two, I guess, it's just it's really a lifestyle thing. I mean, that's what I find out even just about drinking diet coke or any sodas like that. It just becomes part of your lifestyle. It does, and you just get used to it and it becomes a habit. But those habits, you know, can be changed and there are healthy there are healthy ways to still indulge, you know, making I mean, that's one thing I do on my blog is I make sweets in healthier ways, you know, I add applesauce instead of oil or, you know, yeah. try and add in whole foods. So there are still ways to enjoy the things that you like but in a healthier way. I'm also finding that uh anytime we try to make it healthier, it seems to take a lot more time. It does sometimes. It does definitely take more work and more and effort, doesn't it? a lot of the time, yeah. Um, so you have, it's definitely something that you have to commit to, but I think, you know, I tell people it's worth it. This is your health, and so this is something that should be very important. Yeah. Uh, when we, um, it's such an interesting thing because did you hear the latest about how uh, how all of these major soda companies are, are actually now Coca-Cola, for example, is trying to shift everybody away from just don't worry about your diet mm-hmm. and focus more on exercise. Right. Yes, I have heard about that. What's, what is your take on that idea as a dietitian? Right. I, as a dietitian, I think diet is very important and I think it plays a huge role in weight and, you know, what we put into our bodies, whether it's good food or bad food. I mean, we know that weight loss is a lot about calories in and calories out as far as, you know, what you consume and what you work off in exercise. But I think they go hand in hand. I don't think you can have one without the other. I think you do need to exercise to be able to, you know, maintain a healthy weight, but you also need to eat a healthy diet. You can't just exercise. And they've done studies that have shown, you know, people that are exercising and not following a healthy diet don't lose nearly as much weight as people that are doing both a healthy diet and exercise. Right. I mean, yeah, it's like you need you need to kind of cover both sides yeah, of the spectrum, yeah. right? Yeah, you can't have one without the other. They work together. So. Does um, 
because I guess too, it, this is just you just have to. If so, if I'm sitting there and I just need to lose weight and I really want to do it, you're saying it doesn't have to overwhelm. You just have to, you know, exercise. Start some program for exercise mm-hmm. and then manage and, and to eat a healthier diet. Right. And it doesn't have to be some huge change. I tell people, you know, make one or two goals at a time and conquer those and then keep working. You know, if it's starting by walking a mile every day and, you know, having a whole grain cereal instead of your sugar sweetened cereal, that's step one. And then, you know, after you're able to do that, you go on to the next step. It doesn't have to be one giant change all at once. It's just implementing little healthy changes little by little to create a lifestyle change because that's really what it's about is something that's a lifestyle change that's maintainable. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. I think this is, uh, I think it's a great, just great insights. Overall, we've learned aspartame, according to basically the FDA, Cancer Cancer Society, uh, the MS Society, all of these organizations are, are all in agreement that it's not, it's not the threat we all think it is. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not a health food. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not a, it's but not it's a carcinogen. Not. Yeah, exactly. And uh we as long, you know, in moderation I think is the great principle. Mm-hmm. Moderation, moderation, moderation. Yes. Well, Andrea Ovard, we sure appreciate your great insight. Again, uh we we appreciate that. Go everybody needs to go check out the website bakingdietitian.com. When you go there, you'll see all these really cool recipes. <laughs> and <laughs> it's really awesome. Andrea, thank you and I'm sure we'll have you back on to uh, pick your brain again. Thank you so much. It was great to chat with you. You bet. Take care. Interesting stuff. Isn't that cool? I mean, really, we just have to kind of blow up the myth and and get a little educated, get a little information in. And be careful because a lot of the times you're getting the information from the the actual people that are making money on you and sugar or making money on you by consuming their beverages. Um, we want to keep it a little purer than that. And I thought what better way to do it than bringing in a real dietitian that talks to real people in real cardiac situations. It's pretty cool stuff. We're going to take a break, my friends. Come back to a coach's corner. We're going to continue working on your health. Stick with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends. To the Matt Townsend Show. I think we've effectively blown up the uh, the myth of aspartame. So anytime you hear somebody saying, well, you know, I mean, let's be real. Diet Coke's going to kill you, right? You're putting acid in your body. Sure. Aspartame will not be the killing agent. It will be all of the other things in the beverage. I get it. I get it. My wife tells me every story imaginable to try to get me to quit drinking it and I'm 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 going to quit drinking it I've decided by the time I die I will be done drinking it that I promise you and everyone else I will quit drinking I, I the funny thing is I do quit it about 3 times a year I quit for about a month and honestly I feel so good I actually feel taller and I lose that gut it's just amazing Hey, um, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, I wanted to bring up really fast as we were talking about sugar, some tragic news. Um, Listen to this, folks. 
According to a survey, the Tooth Fairy is now paying less for a second year in a row. There is a financial slump that the Tooth Fairy has apparently fallen into. It's lean year, folks, and because uh, she is now paying apparently children 24 cents less per tooth than she did last year, according to a Visa survey. Visa's sixth annual Tooth Fairy survey found children received on average $3.19 per lost tooth, down from three forty-three in 2014. This is the second year in a row the going rate for a lost tooth has decreased. In 2013, kids were receiving $3.70. Holy cow. Folks, the children are suffering. They're suffering. We have got... President Obama has got to do something with this economy because even the tooth fairy can't afford it. The funny thing about our tooth fairy at our house, um, ours, you know, one time our kid would get a quarter, the next time he'd get a $20 bill. It's almost like whatever the tooth fairy had in their pocket, that's what the kid would get. We had a very lazy tooth fairy. In fact, our tooth fairy some days wouldn't even show up. And then the kids would come back with their tooth and tell us and we'd have to like call the tooth fairy. Is bad parenting all around. Hey, um, so you may have been noticing a few different uh, different voices on the show. Uh, Mike Pond is back. Hello, Michael. Hi there. Michael uh, has been with the show forever. Mike was uh, Pond. Mike Pond. <laughs> Mike uh, was one of the guys. What was it like two and a half years ago? We did a hey, do you want to date Mike series? I likey the Mikey. I likey the Mikey series, and we pretty much got him almost married. Pretty pretty much. We threw your name out there, and I think how many people finally wanted? Gosh, how many people applied so to two, go on a date with you? Two hundred and twenty people submitted applications, <laughs> and due to processing, you yeah. know, I probably only met fifteen of well, them. Well, yeah, and it, but hey, that's a great start. Yeah, it was uh, overwhelming to say the least, but it was great fun. Well, I'm glad, and I'm glad you're on the board. Yeah, it's great to be here. I got all these buttons I can press. I can you, do sound effects. I can take notes. I for know. You. This can you do all that? Yeah, James. Even he he kind of taught me a little bit of you know sonar, most co- code, that kind of stuff. Uh, take a note, okay? Will you take a note for me? Let's let's do this. Um, so write this down. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, what I want you to do, write down, this is a shopping list. Okay, shopping list, got it. And I'd like you to buy um, okay, a 12-pack of 12 Diet pack Coke. Of, uh, aspartame or no aspartame? Ex- extra aspartame. Okay, got it. And if you could throw in some sucralose, that would be great too. Okay. Double that up. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. Uh, oh, I need, a, I need another pair of pants with bigger waistline. Okay, what's your size? Uh, that's personal. Private information. Okay. Probably 30. Private information. I'm not sure. Waste. (sighs) Okay. Okay, Got it. Okay. Thank you. No problem. We haven't been able to take notes forever. Uh, So will you meme that and post that? Yeah. Got it. Meme it. Photocopy it and smoke signal it to James and we'll figure it out. This is good stuff. Uh, So Michael Pond is here. Also, we have a, a a new member of the team that's just hanging out with us. His name is Trevor Oberender. Hello, Trevor. Hello. Trevor's learning the gift of the board. I'm learning the the trade, as they call it here. And um, the trade. You're learning. You're learning the the trade. What's interesting about Mike and Trevor? Apparently, they'll both be graduating in the same year, 2018. That is correct. I, I don't know if Mike's going to be done. 2020 by the, now. 2020. 
Mike's on the long-term plan. He's a little slow. But it's because it's because he's we one got, class a semester. We got him all those yeah. dates, and that threw you out for a threw you for a loop. But just a little bit on Trevor. Um, Trevor, you don't know this, but what we like to do on the show whenever we can, we always do background searches on anybody that's going to be on the show. And we found something yeah. about you that I wanted to talk to you about. All right, bring it. This is a letter. Apparently, when you were uh, – this is from January 31st, 2002. Oh, no. That was a rough year in my and life. And this was at school. Apparently, you had some problems at school. Oh, no. And the school um, wrote a letter. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Oberender, just a quick <laughs> little note to let you um, to let you know that Trevor and Brian who, – who was Brian? Brian is my my best friend. Okay. In second grade. Apparently he's a problem child. Uh, Trevor and Brian were brought to me by the campus supervisor, and she stated that she has had ongoing problems with the two. Today they were rolling on the ground together, and when we she asked them to get up, they became rude and refused to give their names. They each made up a different name. You lied to your teacher, Trevor. What grade were you in? Second grade, it was a rush of adrenaline. Man, so you guys were rolling around second grade, lying to your teacher. The boy said the supervisor hit Brian. Really? In reality, Brian tried to grab something from the supervisor's pack, and she pushed his hands away. I spent over an hour with the boys doing some counseling. They completed a behavior improvement pack that is being sent home to you. With me, they did not deny what they had done. They did, however, want to blame the other. We spend a great deal of time on responsibility. So this all took place on the playground? All on the playground. On the blacktop. It was after a basketball game, and we got a little, little intense. Well, anyway, she needed to separate you guys at recess, and uh, you're going to be going, I guess, to different recesses after that. <sighs> Trevor, this is disappointing. And we don't find out about it until right now. Okay, well, good to have you on board, Trevor. Thanks. Thank I hope we here. don't have discipline problems going forward. <laughs> Man, alive! Who are we hiring here? Don? You got to get control of these boys. Hey, we're going to take a break, my friends. Hour number one of the Matt Townsend Show. Done! Signed, sealed, delivered. Next hour, we've got a great uh, topic coming up. We're going to be talking about uh, getting your kids ready for back to school, what you need to do to make sure uh, they're ready to go. Stick with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you live longer, love stronger, and lead healthier lives. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, your coach, your guide on the side. Top of the morning to you. Hope you're having a great morning as you're commuting to work, getting ready, maybe, doing your hair, whatever you do in the morning. Hey, we got a great show for you today. Uh, today we'll be talking with Hank Smith about how to transition your kids back from summer school. And uh, when I think about it, Mike, I can hardly wait this is my favorite. Are these my kids? These are all your kids, man. These are my kids. These are my kids in my yard. 
getting ready to go to school. Oh, I can hardly wait for them to go because we, we my kids were up till midnight last night. Okay, get them, put them into school. Ring the bell and get them in because I'm sick of hearing them. There you go. Get them in there. Okay, done. Isn't that a beautiful sound? You know, and when your kids are grown and you don't have to do that anymore, it's kind of nice. But see, I always see all these moms on uh, Facebook saying, last day, I get to say goodbye to my child on the bus. Did I'm like, what are you what thinking? tell you what my tradition was? What? Every morning on the first day of school, I would play Cool and the Gang Celebrate. Would you really? And I would be dancing to it as they came upstairs for breakfast. <laughs> and they'd go, Mom, you're so mean. Mom, and then you're the last rude. day, they would play that and get back at me. But so then was, that was our tradition. when they all left, you'd just... Lay on the ground in the fetal position. No, I didn't do that. Didn't you? <laughs> I think Did you I went out shopping or cool something. Cool in the gang, celebrate again. You went shopping. I think Party! So. Yeah. yeah, this is the greatest day for parents. This is what we live for. This, this is the day you get paid as a parent, uh-huh. the day they go to school. <laughs> oh, it's so great. It's sad but true. So Hank Smith will be joining us a little bit later. He's a uh, an educator and a, a youth speaker. He works with a lot of kids, speaks over about 10,000 kids a year. And he's going to teach us... How to get your kids transitioned back from summer back to school and get on get uh, get their lives going again? Hey, but before we do that, I okay. In the come on section of uh, the Matt Townsend show, oh come on! Holy cow! There is a couple that I want to wring their neck with a boa constrictor. They are from Danville, Pennsylvania, and the couple took their nearly five-foot boa constrictor for a swim in the Pennsylvania River. But a uh, darndest thing, that boa, you know, once it hits the water, they're so hard to catch. They're so slippery, and the boa got away, right? A five-foot boa is now, you know, just hanging out in the Susquehanna River. Not a big deal. What's the worst thing that could happen? This is crazy. So um, can I just say, come on. Just come on. Stop. Don't take a boa to the river. They forgot the leash, apparently. Yeah, they're so hard to put on the leash. I mean, honestly, have you ever tried to leash? (laughs) Have you ever tried to collar a boa? Um, But also, let's just make some other rules. I don't know. If you have a Gila monster... Don't take them, you know, to the dog park. Uh, A couple other things. If you have um, venomous snakes, leave them home. Don't, you know, don't take them to the old folks' home. That's a general rule. At least I've always This doesn't seem hard. (laughs) We we have dog parks. You take your, you can take your boa to the dog park. You can? Sure. Not when my dog. That's my rule. Matt's new rule. Take the boa to the dog park. But come on. Use your brain. Honestly. As if it's not hard enough. But now when my kids are in the river, I've got to look for boas. I hope it's like a really like albino. Oh, that's a great looking boa. Anyway. And you might even want to just think about not having a boa. That would be the best thing to do. Right. Unless you go get your picture taken at Glamour Shots. Then you need a boa, a pink boa, and have them turn the fan on because then your hair can blow in the wind. Really good stuff. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, boas, pink boas, and hair blowing in the wind, Kathy Aikens here to bring us our headlines. 
President Obama and his administration are working on a deal with Cuba that would allow regular commercial flights between the two countries by the end of the year. Obama's move to normalize relations with the communist country has been criticized by Republicans. Officials tell the Wall Street Journal that one of the goals in completing the agreement is to make Obama's relations with Cuba to get to the point the successor cannot reverse them. President Obama lost another key ally on the Iran nuclear deal. Senate Foreign Relations Committee Chairman Bob Corker, a Tennessee Republican, said the deal will not make the nation safer and Congress should reject the deal and send it back to the president. However, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell admitted yesterday the president will most likely have have enough votes to override a veto on the agreement. Dozens of wildfires continue to cause major damage across the West, so much so 200 active-duty military troops have been called in to help. Here's National Incident Team member Cale Casey. We know that when the military is coming that we are going to get really good trained help. They come fully loaded with all the support that they need. The U.S. Forest Service says it's spending over $100 million a week to fight the blazes, which means its annual budget for fighting fires will be gone within a week. The House passed a bill last month allowing the Forest Service to use disaster funds when it drains its fire budget. Two women will make history on Friday when they graduate from the Army's Ranger School. The two are the first to complete the rigorous training since it was opened earlier this year to women. The women will receive the Ranger tab but won't be allowed to join the infantry at least through the end of the year. The Pentagon is ordered after this year all occupations must be open to women. A man is in custody in Wichita, Kansas after taking an improvised explosive device into a women's health care clinic that provides abortions. On-site security officials inspected the man's backpack and found knives and the explosive device inside. The building was evacuated and a bomb squad was called in to remove the backpack. No injuries were reported and police continue to investigate. And an off-duty police officer was fishing recently along the Florida coast, Matt. He didn't catch a boa, but he reeled in something he never expected. What? The deputy who was fishing from a boat snagged a 50-pound parcel of cocaine. The street value is estimated at $10 million. Authorities are working to determine its point of origin. And by the way, the detective's name has not been released due to safety concerns. (laughs) The people who lost it are going, I need that man. How big big was the 50-pound? 50-pound parcel of cocaine. Hey, you got you guys haven't seen a, a fifty pound parcel of cocaine, have you? I lost it somewhere. It's the darndest thing. I just pulled it in. Fish on have you ever been deep sea fishing? No, I I would get sick. Well, not if you have a fifty pound bag of cocaine. <laughs> you would yeah, probably, probably not. Probably I think I'd I think fun. it would probably medicate you. You'd feel really good. But no, I would that's definitely crazy. get sick. Yeah, no. What's scary is when you reel that in, you gotta look around like for Cubans. <laughs> The, looking around for the these, camera. The, who's, the who's government coming in to get you. Somebody's like. <laughs> Candid Ugh. camera. But that's scary because you could pull anything in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess. Wouldn't it be interesting to just have all the water disappear and imagine what you can find in there? Boas. Boas and. Cocaine dealers, yeah. boats sunk <laughs> at the bottom of the ocean. Interesting stuff. Holy cow. Great news for one guy that's. That's great. 50 pounds of Coke off the market. <laughs> What's crazy is that ha- there has to be situations where 50 pounds of coke floated up onto the onto the shore and some guys now worth 10 million dollars on the street. Man, man alive. So we got to clean up our oceans, folks. Clean them up. Hey, we're going to take a break when we come back. We're going to be talking about how to transition your kids back to school, you know? It's always a big skip when you go from summer to school. 
How do you set them up to succeed? Hank Smith, Dr. Hank Smith will be joining us. He uh, he's a he's a kid whisperer. He's going to teach us how to talk to the kids and uh, get them ready for a whole new year of fun and excitement. Stick with us, folks, helping you as a parent create healthier families. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, uh, we've been talking about kids going back to school, right? So let me let you hear the sound of the kids going back to school. Uh, Can't you just see them in their pressed, newly, perfectly pressed clothes? They're so excited. They're lining up for the bus. Life is so great, folks. This is one of my favorite times of year. This is when you get new clothes. Actually, football season starts. So how do we get our kids back to school and um, without, you know, blowing it all? Because however we set this up with our children right now, we're going to pay the price the rest of the year. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, they're not going to sound like a bunch of cute kids. They're not. It's going to be just like every day after school, just lounging around, just rooting for some food in the fridge. (laughs) What is that? That's a cow or a kid. I can't tell. This is what... (laughs) This is... So you're supposed to get sounds of kids just sitting around at home. They sound the same. To me, you don't have kids, do you? Uh, well, that's just kids. I don't know. <laughs> One of them sounds like he's got a head cold. How do we fix this? I'll show you, folks. Some relationship-centered back-to-school rules and routines. Okay, meaning relationship-centered. I want my kids to have a successful year. I don't want them to get in trouble. I want the relationship to be strong. Except. I also got to get results, right? So how do we get them back into the routines? First thing we need to make sure we're focusing on are we've got to get into a routine instead of just reacting. A lot of us just wing it, okay? And you may be one. I'm one that wings it. But I, you know, I kind of make it up every day as I go. It just seems to work better for me. Making it up as I go. The problem is your kids need routines. Their brains need routines. And the sooner we could get our children into a routine around school, the better. So a routine, by definition, is just a customary or regular course or procedure. It's regular. It's unvarying. It's habitual. I would have your kids, and I'd start it day one on this first night of school. I'd get their alarm set. I'd have them go to bed with a routine. We have a routine at night in our house when school's on where we gather together as a family, we have a quick prayer, send everyone up to bed. And it's pretty routine. Now, usually that routine involves some fights. Uh, we, my kids always say, just like Bill Cosby's kids can't go to bed without a beating. My kids can't go to bed without a little fight. That usually involves one of our children being hurt 
by the, another child and mom and dad get mad at the child that hurt the other one. And then we turn into a fight. It's a beautiful moment. And we do it every night. It's the routine. So we try to pull each other together. Now, one of the reasons we want the routine is because once you start to do the ritual or the routine, the kids now know how this is going to go. See, there's a lot of really awesome research about uh, rituals in families and in marriage. For example, the dinner ritual of having dinner together is a really powerful way to keep people unified and to keep people together. It really is a cool routine that uh, is going to keep our family together. And if they know they're going to have dinner, we know we're going to have 35, 40 minutes together. The routine can actually start with how we begin dinner, and it can end with how we clean up after dinner. And once the cleanup is done, the ritual is over. The same is true with getting our kids back to school. Instead of just reacting and trying to make up a new system every day, You create the exact same routine. Uh, It might simply be that when you get up in the morning, instead of going to everyone's rooms, 10 minutes before you're going to normally go wake them up, just turn on some music and get some loud music, you know, some fun music like Kathy was talking about and get that routine going. And by doing that, I don't need to beat you down every morning. I don't need to be mad at you because you're not – Uh, doing what I need you to do. Then we maybe go in, we maybe turn on their lights five minutes after the music's been playing. We maybe then go in and um, have them get up and we go have breakfast. But whatever the case, we're going to start with some routines. By the way, another really cool thing is that your relationships will, will actually reveal your routines. People and your relationships with them, they matter, right, more than anything else. So don't get caught up in time management issues Because it's really about relationship management issues. So think about this. You might want to go sit down with your kids and talk to them as your children and say, look, I don't want to beat you down every morning and make this frustrating for everybody. How do you want me to wake you up in the morning and let our relationship create the conversation? How do you want to go about doing this? And then talk about it. You're going to have certain relationship routines with your family every morning. You're going to have relationship routines at work with all your coworkers. You probably walk into work every day. Hey, Stacy. Hey, Jim. Whatever. Unlock your office. You go in. You're going to have relationship uh, routines with your friends. We have friends that every uh, September we go boating and go on a trip boating. And we kind of know right about now. Right about now is the time it's going to happen. So – Think about it. Take your time with your kids. Use the relationship as their parent and um, sit down and let's start to have some healthy conversations with them and ask them how they want this to work. Use and and learn who who they are. Learn what they need because they may not need the same thing you need, right? They may have a different expectation and a different need than you do. Uh, basic, basic ideas, folks, to, to just start creating some routines with your kids. We're going to take a break when we come back. Dr. Hank Smith is in the house. He's going to sit down as an educator and as a speaker that's working with kids. He's going to teach us some of the, some of the easy, simple ways to transition your kids back from their simple life of summer back to the regimen of school. Stick with us, folks. Dr. Hank Smith, after the break.
Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. It's that time your kids are, uh, you know, going to start making that zombie crawl out of bed every morning. <laughs> That's such a hard transition to get your kids up to speed and ready to to do what they, you know, need to do. They got to get dressed. They got to eat. You want to get them transitioned as quickly as you can, as effectively as you can. And you want to do it without killing the relationship. Dr. Hank Smith is an educator, a youth speaker, and he joins us now just back from Maine yeah. uh, to teach us about how to do the healthy transition from summer back to school with our kids. Welcome, Dr. Hank. It's good to be with you How again, are you, brother? Matt. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. Fill um, me in. What uh, What am I supposed to do with these kids? I mean, I want to just – yeah. <laughs> But they, they've spent the entire summer sleeping in, having freedoms. Right. I think uh, I, I heard you talking before I came in, and routine is absolutely absolutely. They important. need a routine, I, don't uh, they? I need to know. I need to be able to predict my day. Uh, that helps me. That reduces my anxiety. Yeah. Right? If I can, I can predict how my day is going to go. Uh, and when mom or dad or, or older brothers or older sisters, it's always changing. Um, that increases my anxiety. And if my anxiety is up, right, then – uh, the emotions are high, yeah. and, and we, we have a tendency to, to have a lot of conflict. Um, so routine is absolutely, absolutely important. And those routines don't have to start the day school starts. No. Right? We, can, we can transition it, those routines earlier. Well, and it might be better, yeah, yeah that you don't dramatically upset their routine right. just for summer. Yeah. I, I've, had, I've had a tendency, and just in my own life, I'm sure other people feel this way, uh, that when we – we don't. We we fail to prepare. All of a sudden, we we create an emergency that really didn't need to happen. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. All of a sudden, the first day of school becomes an emergency. It's like, then it's high, ugly. High anxiety. Yeah. yeah high then, stress. Then the relationship's going to suffer anyway. Right. Yeah. Everybody's going to struggle, especially right. the younger kids, right? Because I need I need low anxiety or low you know low stress situations to to be able to deal with this this change. Um, so anything we can do way beforehand is probably best. Now, you think? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and for it depends on what school district you're in because some people are starting tomorrow. So they're like, thanks for this now. That's right. Really too nice. late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this should have been a topic in July. Uh, but so now what do we do? Now let's say we haven't prepared. We can still be low stress. We can still talk about, uh, we can still talk about school positively. That's something that just needs to happen Always. Yeah. Uh, but let's make sure we're doing it. We need to talk about this in a positive way. It's kind of fun to, oh, school. School's the worst. Right. We hate school. But I mean, they're going to say that anyway. Right. We, we don't need but to But we don't it. need to, as parents, no, school's fun. This yeah. is where mom and dad get all this more time and freedom. <laughs> we need to be talking about these things in a positive way, how fun it's going to be, yeah. how exciting school is. New friends, new opportunities. Kids. Yeah. This is a, this is a great thing. Oh, your teacher, you're going to love your teacher. Oh, you're going to love showering in school. Right? Yeah, yeah. You get, you're going to love going to the gym yeah. and showering with those big boys. Yeah. You're going to love this. That's sad. <laughs> Do you remember that those days? Horrible memories. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think preparing emotionally is is absolutely crucial. Sometimes we, we focus more on the practical items, which are important, right? Getting backpacks and getting you know, uh, getting supplies and new like clothes. That. Yeah. Right. But it's almost emotionally they need more 
support. Right. They, they need like mental prep. Yeah. And their cues are going to be uh, when they're, you know, because they're, it's, it's pretty rare for a teenager or, you know, especially a young child to come up and say, well, I'm having some anxiety about yeah. this, you know. <laughs> well, I'm feeling a little stressed. <laughs> so usually they, it's an acting out, right? right. It's, uh, they're, they're all of a sudden being crazy and you're thinking, what's wrong with my child? Why? Why are they being crazy all of a sudden? Well, usually that's an indication, kind of like a low oil light in a car. Yeah, that right? light goes on. Yeah, like something's happening. Something's up. They're they're anxious, uh, and that usually is a is a good time for us to sit down and kind of decrease their anxiety and talk about all the ways we're going to prepare and how great this is going to be. And you're and, gonna have and so listen much fun. to them, right? Like let because a lot of times I could see, oh, honey. It's going to be great. Right. Don't even worry about it. Right. But you could just let them almost talk out their stress. Yeah, because I mean, coming from a thirty-eight or thirty-seven, how old am I? Thirty-seven-year-old point of view, school is not a big deal. Like, yeah, I mean, third grade, fine. give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> Try getting a doctor. Yeah, you're going to be great. Don't worry. <laughs> But if you see it from a seven-year-old's point of view, you know, yeah. if you try to see it from an eight-year-old's point of view, this is super scary. Uh, uh, there's bullies at school. Uh, there's, there's, I've got to make my way on my own. There's, you know, I've got to be able to find the bathroom and yeah. find my way back to the school, right. back to the class. And all of a sudden, the anxiety and the stress is there. So if we can learn to see things from their point of view, uh, then I think we can help them emotionally. Uh, you know, calm the waters a yeah. little bit uh, and, and discuss how, how fun this is going to be. Keep it positive. I think that's tip I number one. Huge. Keep these things positive. School is a great thing. It's a, and it really is. I mean, those, those parents who, who have the opportunity to, to get outside of uh, the United States realize how, what a wonderful blessing it is to, get, to have a public school system that works like ours does. If it wasn't positive for you, Fake it, yeah. <laughs> because don't you don't want to blow it and let your negativity right. You don't have to live your your days through yeah. through right. them and remind them of how awful it was when you were in junior high. <laughs> I remember. Right. Yeah, don't go into those stories. I got beat up every day. <laughs> have you been beat up yet, son? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. That's what happens to Smiths. We get beat up. <laughs> get used to it. But Sad someday you'll be his boss. So keep it positive. We got to do that. Yeah, keep it positive. Prepare emotionally. Establish routines. Uh, and then we could probably talk about preparing practically, right? Practicality is is important. And we've we've got to make sure that we have things prepared, have things ready. Uh, my wife – likes to remind me that a lack of preparation on my part isn't an emergency on her yeah, part. So uh, yeah, isn't that she finds one good quote right. and she uses yeah, she uses that one day and day great, out. But, but if we if we lack preparation then uh, we're gonna create emergencies and that's no fun. It's yeah. no fun to live life that way, going from emergency to emergency to emergency because we're failing to prepare. What do you think because practically like my son this happened yesterday. He we had an assembly he was going to and he's like, oh, yeah, I need to leave in five minutes. And I'm like, excellent. Okay. <laughs> You'll be, that'll be great. You'll nail that, son. But he was inferring that I'll, he'll need a ride in, in five, five minutes. minutes. Right. But I'm like, well, dude, it's, it's like a half a mile away. Right. <laughs> get on your longboard and get over there. It's like yeah, – and he's like, well, where am I supposed to put my longboard? Like in your locker, it won't fit. Pretty sure it will. Pretty sure it will. <laughs> we have this. It's not five, that long of a longboard. This five minute conversation. But it's interesting. Those are all practical issues. Right. Like who's? How are you going to get there? Yeah, and and kids just don't have a tendency to think ahead. Uh-uh. Um, and so we can teach them to do that. We can 
like you to talk them through. Wait, 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 wait. How are you expecting this to happen? Yeah. Uh, because kids can't can't imagine or can't have the idea that mom or dad is is available at any moment. To right. Do anything I need. Right. I'm not your butler. Th- th- uh, this, by the way, but this I guess gets to the bigger issue because. If he would longboard for the next – he's going to get his license in about a year or less. And he's already talking about that he doesn't like the truck we're going to have him drive. <laughs> um, it just He just wants, I don't know, like an Audi. Right. Like, around, let's, just get, yeah. let's just get an Audi or something, Dad. <laughs> and I'm like, no, we got a truck. You're, fi- you're fine. But if, I'm pretty much betting if he would longboard to school every day for a year – and if not, then he can drive with the neighborhood girl that he doesn't talk to because right. they're too weird with each other. <laughs> um, I think if he did that for a year, he'd love the truck. Right, yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, you know what I mean? But yeah. so, so I almost have to have a – don't I have to know as a parent, what's my goal here? What am I trying to do? I don't want – I want my kid to get dressed by himself. I want him to get deodorant on right. without me asking right. him. This is How all, do I get all of that done? This is all about you know we're, we're helping people become uh, independent adults. Yeah. Right? I mean that's, 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 that's our end goal if you think about it. Obviously, we want to have great relationships. Uh, but we want these people to be able to go out into the world and be independent yeah. and be able to pick their own clothes. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't want my 25-year-old call and say, "Dad, what goes with Levi's?" Right. I mean, the kid, you know, the kid's 31, he has a, a <laughs> baby and he's, "Dad, I need to be there in 5 minutes. Where are you?" <laughs> I need my ride. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so so how do we get that happening? Yeah, how do we make sure that people are independent? Well, we we don't give uh, we make sure we give them first of all, uh, they need to have their own Challenges, right? I'm yeah. going to give you this challenge, and I'm. I want you to have it. Take it. And they're going to have their own. Just let them have them. Yeah. Struggle with it. Yeah. Struggle with it. Fail a little bit. Sometimes we we have a tendency, that especially when beginning of school, we're trying to jump in and mm-hmm. fix everything. And you know, it's good to fail. It's good to realize, wow, I probably should have prepared for that. Yeah. Right? That was a. You know, I should have. Uh, I should have been thinking beforehand. And then we learn from those experiences. Uh, because if we jump in all the time, obviously they're going to get used to that, uh, just like any, just like we would. No, totally. We would get used to someone coming in and saving the day for us. Uh, so we help them transition uh, in that way and allowing them to fail a little bit and allowing things to be a little bit uncomfortable, especially for our older kids, right? As, as, they're, right. as they're getting into their mid-teenage years, they need to be able to take more responsibility and say, wow, you were late. That's – that's Ugh. bad. Now you have detention. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not the worst. That's yeah. That's hard to be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I would hate that. Next we really time. need to do that, don't you think? Because oh. as parents, we we might be ruining generations. Yeah. Because we're creating adults then who can't take care of themselves. Yeah. Uh, and most most of us realize this. We just have a tendency in the moment to say, "Oh, I just I better yeah. fix it this time." And and it might be because uh, we didn't prepare, like you were saying. Right. Like now I'm just gonna because if I'm not gonna think this through. And even if the school's already started, then change it the next week. Right. It doesn't matter when you do this, but think it through and have yeah. a real plan. Yeah. As long as we're, as long as I'm thought, as I've got my my end goal in mind, and I'm not frantically putting out fires all day. Yeah. Uh, then I can I can calmly make decisions about. Well, they need to they need to struggle with this one. This is going to be hard. This might impact, you know. So some of us are like, oh, it will impact their GPA, and yeah. then they won't get the scholarship. And and you've right, been a teacher. Life. It, it seems like at the beginning of the year is probably a really good time to let them do some learning, right? Because we, we can catch you up. Look, a mom, a mom can or dad could come in at any point and add enough pressure and focus to pretty much 
get anything to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so we might want to let them, you know, struggle a little bit for yeah. the first month. Be, yeah, because there's not going to be Help a them. huge yeah. impact on 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 you know the end result. Yeah. Don't abandon them, but let them know that. Right. That's that's another problem is is we take this advice too far and all of a sudden we we, we give them they, – they take on things they're not prepared for. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, if I'm – my third grader, you know, I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> what? this is life. You didn't wash your clothes. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you want me to do? That's so, so true. Yeah. So we need to make sure we, we give them challenges appropriate to their abilities. Right. And if, if someone doesn't have the ability to take on that challenge, yeah. well, then we're doing them a disservice by handing it to them. Uh, even though maybe we're like, well, I haven't prepared you for the last 10 years. So here's it all of it. Take you know, it all. At once. Where we need to uh, give them a piece at a time. Don't give them any challenge that, that you realize they don't have the ability to succeed in. Uh, because that's just creating right, a cycle of failure. It's I mean, just, and I guess that's the key. If you're not seeing that they're succeeding – don't just assume they're just being, you know, disobedient, right, and lazy. They're just probably in over their head, right? <laughs> you, you, they bit off way more than they can yeah. chew, and you're going to have to step in and, and help them. And that's our role as parents. Usually, we don't, especially anyone who's listening to the Matt Townsend show, isn't the type of parents like, well, I better do something. Yeah. Uh, usually, it's us who are doing too much. Yeah, um, we want to help too much, so it's okay to, to step back and let them, you know, not eat that day because they didn't prepare. Yeah. they didn't think about. It's going to be a long morning, right? Yeah, golly, you should have. Yeah. You should have gotten up earlier. You could have eaten breakfast. You could have, <laughs> you know, prepared a lunch. Uh, and oh, but then they won't get good crates because I didn't. Right. I Everyone will think I'm a bad mother. Yeah. yeah. Ah, you're fine. Right. Give them um, a granola bar. I think also sometimes our we've got to be careful that our guilt doesn't turn into anger. Yeah. Um, because I've 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 felt this before, and I'm sure other parents have as well. Is that you know I, I feel guilty f- for li- my lack of preparation, and all of a sudden that trends. That translates into anger yeah. towards my child because they're not prepared. Uh, that happens to me all the time is the, this idea of, oh, I should have done – oh, I should have done this. Yeah. Why aren't you prepared? Why? And then we react. <laughs> right. Then yeah. why, why didn't you do this? You should have been thinking about this. When we're, what we're really saying is I should have been thinking uh-huh. about this. I should have been I mean, it could even It could be our guilt or it could just be our embarrassment – Right, for the, not – Of them. Like uh, now our parenting's in question. Yeah. <laughs> and it should be. <laughs> and, yeah. And it should be. There's the guilt. Yeah. Like, oh, I should have done better. So yeah, usually anger – what did Stephen Covey say? Anger is usually just guilt when it overflows. Yeah. Uh, we're just like, oh. Here we go. Yeah, I'm frustrated with myself. I'm going to take it out on you. So true. Um, we're talking with Dr. Hank Smith. Uh, Hank, let's take a break. Okay. He's walking us through the transition, taking our kids from summer to school and uh, and hopefully do so, you know, with a healthy relationship, with some self-esteem in tow as well. <laughs> That'd be great, wouldn't it? We'll take a break. More when we come back with Dr. Hank Smith. Stick with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. In studio with us is Dr. Hank Smith. Uh, and by the way, if you go to uh, his Facebook page, just look up Hank Smith. Yeah. 
And the guys put together a million CDs for kids, teenagers. Right. Yeah, I do. Uh, we just I just finished my 14th. Man, alive. What was the last one on? 14th. Let's see. The last one was uh, one I think most people listening to the show would like. I, I We just put one out two months ago uh, called Fighting For, Not With yeah. Your Family. Oh, excellent. Right. So yes. it's just about how to have good sibling relationships, how to have That's good cool. parent-child relationships. Uh, and making sure that these years that they have at home, they're not very many. No. Right? The, when you think about it. positive and fun and uh, that they enjoy them and that you enjoy them. And they involve a little fighting. Right. There's absolutely good to So if right we can now. fight – I mean how cool to know that you've got brothers that will stick up for you or sisters that will watch out for right. you. Yeah. It's, it's, we're, there's going to be fighting in – in, in the family. And but. they get those CDs. They can find them on Facebook. Yeah, you can go to Facebook and see them or you can go to DesertBook.com or SeagullBook.com or Amazon even has them. They're so. everywhere. Yeah. 14 of them, by the way. Yeah. They're great. The next one will be out, uh, I think, in September. You need to slow down. You need to pace yourself. Yeah. I, <laughs> You're going to burn out. Yeah, I, I feel it some days. <laughs> We're talking about how to transition your kids back from summer to school what are some other ideas we need to make sure we're focused on? Well, here's here's one that I thought about um, that, you know, it, what's the Matt Townsend famous quote is uh, things that are most – what is it? The universal. Tell me the things that are most personal. Oh, that which is most personal is most, most universal. universal yeah. Right. And so I, I think about, well, if I'm struggling with it, it's – I'm usually not the only parent. Yeah, everyone's got it. Uh, and I, I think this happens every year and I've talked to other parents that happens to them as well is this idea that uh, that now that school's here that I, I feel badly that I didn't use summer like I should have. I should have been a better parent. Right, we didn't even go out on a Yeah, trip. we could have done yeah. so much more. We were going to go to museums and we were going to go see things. We were we're gonna so go full swimming. of guilt, aren't we? Right. And it's like, oh, I didn't do it. So now is a good time to sit down and talk about – Maybe not talk about, but to evaluate summer and, and prepare for next summer. Yeah. Um, so we sit down with our kids and we say, okay, how did summer go? And we're positive about all the things we did and what do we want to do next summer and how can we make it better than we did this summer? Mm-hmm. So much better than you know doing having the same cycle year after year after year of, oh, we didn't do what we wanted. Well, you might have a holiday coming up in September, like a school holiday right. or a – Education. Labor Day weekend, right? And And so you you might do a little, okay, what didn't we do that we wanted to do? Let's get that done on Labor Day. Right. Let's do it. Let's, you know, let's prepare. Uh, I think one of our major themes today is uh, if we don't prepare, we create emergencies. That didn't need to happen. Uh, All of a sudden, you know, we create guilt and emergencies that, that don't need to be there. So let's. Uh, let's sit down and say, okay, how was summer? What could we do? Yeah, what do we have coming up? What's Christmas break going to be like? Yeah. What could we maybe do that we didn't do before? In a nice, calm, fun way, learn to evaluate what just happened. Right. Uh, the other point I wanted to bring up when it comes to school is, is it's crucial that we make sure school doesn't take over our entire lives. Um, sometimes you know, we start school and then we have no other life besides that. Uh, we have no other family time that doesn't discuss school and, and what's happening in school. Now, that might be the case the first few days. Uh, but we have got to make sure that we, you know, that when kids come home, number one, we're talking about school. Right. Uh, How we, did that go? Yeah. What did you learn? Yeah. And ask specific questions, yeah. right? So much better ask specific questions. What did you do for lunch? That's what right. did you eat for lunch? Not how was school? Yeah. What did you – yeah. Right. Because anyone who's over 14, between 14 and 18 is going to say, fine. Mm-hmm. Right. When it wasn't fine, 
There was more yeah. than fine. Some parts were fine. Right. Some parts weren't fine. Some parts were fantastic. Some parts weren't. So let's find out about that uh, and ask questions. Usually if our child responds to our questions in a really pushback way, uh, that usually means that they don't feel understood. Uh, the, the, you know, If we've got an angry child, that's usually a child that doesn't feel like anybody gets him or her, especially right. a teenager. Right. Um, so we got to take time to listen, uh, to try to understand them, say, okay, um, tell me about your day and try to find uh, – my friend Brad Wilcox talks about a loose brick. Try to find the loose brick. If there's – if your child is putting up a wall between you and school and you and their life, let's let's that's, that's, feel around for the loose brick. For yeah, the and start that, there. Huh? Yeah, and say, OK, where, where, where are they willing to let me – what are they willing to let me talk about? So hopefully we already have these healthy relationships and let's ask specific questions. Who did you sit by? Who did you eat lunch with? Right? Um, I, I, and what if they – what if they're – because that's an interesting – what if they're not? Then all of a sudden I could see like a mother's terror. All of a sudden I'm very concerned. Right? And <laughs> why? Why aren't you eating with people? You yeah. need to eat with people. Where are your friends? You have <laughs> friends. I ordered some. Um, so, so true. <laughs> yeah. I told them to all be your friend. I'll call them all tonight for you. No, we just uh, – as long as we are uh, experts in their life. I always – I talk to parents often about – um, if you want someone to trust you, you better be an expert. Right. Like if I want to talk, talk about marriage, I go to Matt Townsend because he's an expert. Well, um, <laughs> but yeah. if I'm not an expert in their life, why would they come talk to me about right. their life? Yeah. If you don't know anything anyway, if I don't know who their teachers their are, and... or what they're doing, who their friends are, who they're you know who they're interested in, if I don't know, if I'm if I'm always what's his name and what's her name and yeah. I, oh yeah, you're in seventh grade now. Wow, when did you get so old? <laughs> uh, they're not going to trust me. That's I, so true. Right. They're not going to come talk to me about their life. I talk to experts, right? If I want to know about, you know, something with my with my physical body, I go to the doctor. If I want. So it's it's normal for them to go talk to their friends right. about their life because their friends are the experts. They know who they're talking about. So it's important for us to become experts in their life. And you should know their friends because you may end up having to influence their friends Absolutely. So that you're influencing your kids. Yeah. Sometimes we'd rather have a clean house, I think, than than friends over. But we need to – if you really want to be an expert in your child's life, those friends need to be in your house. Yeah. Uh, and you need to be able to hear them talking and, and you know, and talk to them and figure out what they – They need to ruin your walls. Right. What they're like. That's right. Uh, I remember uh, Gordon B. Hinckley saying when uh, – you know, years ago, he said, if they eat too much, just close your eyes and let them eat. Uh, because that's uh, right. You know, it, it's important for them for them to be in our home, that's so great. we can become experts in our child's lives. So they'll trust us. Yeah. Uh, with these with these things, instead of the one word answers, right? Right. Fine. It's good. Now talk to me, boy. Right. You see that? Yeah. And that frustrates every parent, and yet every parent is complicit. Right. We're right. part of the problem. And we're like, okay, all right. And then we go on and we whatever jump on our phone or yeah, you know, jump on. The show, which isn't bad. I'm not. I, I don't want to be overly critical. Uh, we're not expected to be perfect. Uh, but when your child comes home, let's let's do that active listening. Those skills we learned in college. Let's face them. Let's yeah, you know, eye to eye. Uh, yeah, and give them verbal feedback and nod. Wow. Okay. What was that like? What was that like? And genuinely show them we're interested. and listen more than you're talking. Right. Because I I have a tendency, like anybody else, to stare at my phone while I'm listening. Oh yeah. Because uh, I can multi multitask. Yeah, yeah multitask. Right. I can check this email that's while right. I listen to you. But it, that that sends the message that not you're important. not important. Totally. Uh, that you're one of many things in my life. And oh, good. School was good. Oh, that's good to hear. I'm glad school is it, fine. In the end, it sounds like it's if you have the relationship, 
you can pretty much do anything. Right. <laughs> you know what if I mean? If you're willing you to put in the time. You can even make a mistake. You can make mistakes because the relationship buys you space. Right. High trust human. is like oil in a in an engine, right? I mean it just reduces the friction and the yeah. conflict. And so when we have lots of trust, uh, we're able to – to even go at high speeds sometimes right. and be okay yeah, uh, and, and work through our way through emergencies and we're okay. And trust really comes through time, um, that I spend time with you, uh, that that's, that's positive, it's low risk, I don't put you in a difficult spot, it's frequent, I, I'm, I'm spending time with you often. Right. Uh, I, we got to make sure that all of those things are, are, are in place. And, pay, uh, and, and let the – I mean really I guess let the kids – Lead. They're going to lead by just how they're emoting. Right. Let that be your guide. Yeah. Right? And then you're constantly saying, "Okay, what's going on here? Why? Why are they mm-hmm. doing what they're doing? Why are they feeling this way? Why are you hitting your brother?" Yeah. And let's not let's not be angry with them when they give us these teenage typical teenage responses of "Fine, good, I roll the eyes," you know. And that's usually if we can be smart enough to say, "Okay, that's an indication that something else is yeah. going on." Uh, I've got an 11 year old who. Who sometimes I think, why are you, why are you being so difficult? Right? <laughs> what, what is it in your life? That You're so like your mother. It's causing you to be so <laughs> difficult. And instead, I need to say, okay, what's going on behind the scenes that I'm not seeing uh, that's causing her to, you know, act out? It's usually an unmet need. Right. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm feeling low self-esteem. I'm feeling like I don't have friends. Nobody likes me. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we give them that air. I call that air. We give them that air, and all of a sudden. Our kid's back. Yeah. Our, our, our happy, healthy kid is if, back. If you had to think of the one key the, that makes the biggest difference, Hank, what, what is the one thing that is the key to this transition? You got about a minute. Um, it's, it's, going to be, uh, it's going to be time and listening, right? And that's, that's above, above all. If we all think back to our teenage years, uh, we didn't share – at least I didn't. I didn't share some of these most difficult problems I was facing uh, because I didn't feel like anybody cared. I don't even think I thought about it. I just as- assumed nobody cared because people didn't take the time to focus on me, look me in the eye and you know, uh, express love, number one, express appreciation and two, um, ask and then listen. Yeah. So let's listen to our kids. As we send them back into this difficult world and school is a difficult world. Oh, yeah. Um, there's bullying there. There's all sorts of problems there. Let's let's take the time when they are with us to focus on them, to give them our our undivided attention, um, and just truly listen. Try to put ourselves in those shoes uh, and help them feel understood. <sighs> Dr. Hank Smith, you did it again. Oh, you're kind. Now you got to go to Education Week. Here yes, on I'm campus. teaching here on campus well, all afternoon, five to ten. Oh, you're earning your money today. Yeah. <laughs> so come over well, and see us, and appreciate you coming by. Everybody, go check him out on Facebook, and please do. Fourteen yeah. CDs for heaven's sake. Yeah, you could get one a month. For Take them on a road trip. It'll that's be a, fun. That's a great idea. Hank Smith, Doctor Hank Smith, uh, good stuff. We'll take a break, folks. Come back to a little news and start a whole new hour of the Matt Townsend Show, helping you live longer, love stronger and lead healthier lives. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Top of the morning to you. For some of you, it's it's nearing lunch. 
Ah, my favorite time of day. When I just go get me some food. Uh, We always end up talking about food. Kathy brought some, what are we calling these? Peanut butter? Chocolate chocolate peanut butter eggs. Eggs. That you usually get at Easter, but since it was my birthday, my dear friend made me some, and they're so addicting. They are. uh, It's really hard to not eat the whole thing. uh, But I've got the shakes now. (laughs) That would definitely give you a sugar sugar high. Today we've talked about aspartame, and we've learned that everybody's got their own little twitchy thing. Trevor, uh, obviously, you know, had discipline issues as a child, but um, because he was disciplined as a child a lot. In fact, we have letters to prove it. Um, But Trevor gets all twitchy with aspartame. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. I feel it in my eyes, my legs, even just like a little bit. Just one Coke is enough to just have my eye twitch all day. Really? Super annoying when I'm just walking down the street. You know what? You're you're under-medicating. You need three Cokes. (laughs) If you would have three Cokes, your eyes would quit twitching. They'd just be blinking continually. Your your heart would race like a (laughs) racehorse. Uh, Mike, do you have anything that makes you all twitchy? Anything that you just know you can't eat? Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, they make me sick. You know what? I I love them. Oh, they're so Buy a good. whole dozen, eat mm. like 10 of them in one sitting. You cannot. And then, yeah, I feel, oh. I feel good for an hour, and then I'll just die. Yeah, that would make you sick. 10 Not would literally. definitely make you because sick. Because death, yeah. yeah, I thought, man, you die? <laughs> well, I, I'm the same way with MSG. Really? If I go to a, if I go to a, like a, a, what do they call them, a salad bar where they, they have salad that's been out and it still looks good, you know that they're, they're putting something on there. Right. Wow, and this looks it good. makes me sick. And that makes it taste good. Oh, so I, can, I really can't eat at a salad bar. And I love salad, but I can't. A salad bar is where you know it's the, where the lettuce is glistening and you're like, <laughs> like, this is too good to be true. No one's eaten at the salad bar all day. And yet that salad <laughs> looks why. really good. Uh, anything for you, Kathy? No. Other than eggs? No. Mm. I, I can't think of anything. I, I, I mean, I don't like curry, but there's uh. nothing that makes me, you know. Have weird. I, I think curry is not your problem. What it's what's. It, yeah. They usually use curry to hide, you know, bad animals inside. You know, lead too. Also, just lead. Kind of, just kind of uh-huh. you know, a little piece like, of lead, like just, paint chips. Yeah, just really gives yeah. me the, the a good twitches. Point. It's a good point. <laughs> paint chips. Um, or those uh, little lead weights you put on fishing line, or like any suck on those. any animals that are bad. rabid. Exactly. I hate rabies. <laughs> That gets me. I got rabies once. It wasn't uh, that bad. Really? Yeah. Really? The shots weren't too bad? No, the rabies. Didn't you have to get shots? Wait, I think I, I remember that. Yeah. It's kind of weird. You have to get shots for that. Everybody got like a get well soon card. No, I'm fine. <laughs> oh, God. He was all frothy. Oh. Frothy at the mouth. Well, um, why we bring that up, again, if anybody is in Danville, Pennsylvania, I'd be looking for a boa constrictor that a couple took swimming and uh, it swam away. Watch out for that. Or if you're at a Days Inn hotel, did you hear this? Oh, man. And again, I don't want to draw. I'm not, I don't want to use the name, but and apparently a group of African-American workers has filed a lawsuit against their former employer at Days Inn Hotel in Tampa, Florida on Fletcher Avenue, if you're heading there, claiming they face discrimination and other hardships on the job. In one case, an employee said she was forced to flip over a mattress where a guest had died in preparation for the next guest to check no. in. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah. So aspartame bugs us, MSG, lead, 
rabies, and mattresses with, mattresses dead, people. with dead people on them. Uh, apparently, the suit says that uh, Charlena Williams had previously filed a complaint with the Occupational Safety and Health Administration after she was forced to clean a hotel room where the body was found. In July of 2014, Williams claims in the suit that the hotel did not use proper health and safety measures to clean, oh, blood and other fluids from the room before booking a new guest to stay there. Oh, my goodness. And you thought the remote control was oh, the bad part of whoa. the room. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's. I'm going to think of that now every time I go to a motel. Yeah. I wonder I'd if somebody's died on that car mattress. Now. That's just <laughs> you know what? You have a right to know. So whenever I check in at a hotel, I'm always like, "Has anybody died on the mattress that I will be in my on? room?" Yes, that's very fair. And if they can't look you in the eye and answer that question, <laughs> you're out of there. You need to go to the next hotel. No. Holy cow, man, that's a sad day. Hey, uh, let's go to our headlines. Uh, Kathy's here to make sure we get all the latest news. Kathy, that's right, Matt. Dozens of wildfires continue to cause major damage. Damage across the West, nearly 80 fires currently burning in eight states. The U.S. Forest Service says it's spending over $100 million a week to fight the blazes, and that means its annual budget for fighting fires will be gone within a week. Washington Fire spokesperson Wayne Patterson says his fire crews are getting tired. Crews are starting to get stretched very, very thin. As fast as they can get down, get a couple of days of relaxation, they're back up and going again. Nearly 1,000 firefighters are working to keep the flames from spreading. And for the first time since 2006, the Pentagon has approved a request for 200 active-duty soldiers to be deployed to help this weekend. President Obama lost another key ally on the Iran nuclear deal. Senate Foreign Relations Committee Chairman Bob Corker, a Tennessee Republican, said Congress should reject the deal and send it back to the president. Corker is one of the president's closest Republican allies on foreign affairs and joins Democratic Senator Chuck Schumer in objection. To the deal. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell admitted yesterday the president will most likely have enough votes to override a veto on the nuclear agreement. The State Department says it's reviewing its review of Hillary Clinton's emails has found more than 300 that could possibly contain classified information. The Democratic presidential frontrunner turned over her private email server to the FBI last month and says she's never sent or received any emails on her private server that were marked classified. Her Republican, Republican critics are concerned she may have compromised national security, something she has adamantly denied. Donald Trump reported for jury duty yesterday. The GOP presidential frontrunner reported to the state Supreme Court in Lower Manhattan, taking a break from the campaign trail. It's a great system. It's a system that works. And they do a fantastic job. And I met some wonderful people. Trump was released yesterday afternoon without getting selected for a trial. Two women will make history on Friday when they graduate from the Army's Ranger School. The two are the first to complete the rigorous training since it was opened earlier this year to women and the first since the Rangers began more than 60 years ago. The women will receive the Ranger tab but won't be allowed to join the infantry. The Pentagon has ordered after this year, however, all occupations have to be open to women. And happy anniversary, Matt, to Walter and Leslie Kimmel of Cantonsville. Maryland. Yes. The two are both 100 years old and will celebrate their 75th oh, wedding anniversary today. That's cool. They met at church when they were 22 years old. Leslie played the organ and Walter sang in the choir. <laughs> and so this afternoon, their pair will party in their honor at the local retirement community where they live. Oh, that's cute. And you know the traditional gift for the 75th wedding anniversary? Teeth. That would be good. Is it not teeth? would be nice. No, it is not teeth. I'll need teeth. <laughs> or a walker. That. It's not a walker. What is it? Or a wheelchair. It's a diamond. I thought that was 50th. That's that's gold. 
Wow. How do you know all this? Golden anniversary. I looked it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I just had to look it up. I thought thought Matt's going to quiz me, so I better look it up. 75th is the diamond anniversary. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that makes sense. 75th is golden. It's the golden What what if they make it to 80? What is that I feel anniversary? Badly for them if they that's do. yeah. That's just insurance. That's the insurance. One hundred and five years old. I don't know. Hey, you know what? If they're if they're blissfully happy and healthy, yeah, that would be great. I know a couple that made it to seventy five years. Really, it was amazing. That is amazing. I know a couple that made it ten, but it felt like seventy five. <laughs> I, I know a few of those too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hard stuff. <laughs> that's cool. Great news. Congratulations to them. Thank you, Kathy. Great work. Hey. um... We were talking earlier about, you know, everybody's got just different things that make us sick. And yet we go to our doctor and who are you supposed to go to if maybe you're allergic to MSG? Where do you go? The MSG doctor? And so the the funny thing about medicine is that a lot of them are so specialized that they may not see us as a whole system. They may not see our body as a whole system. So joining us in just a few minutes is Dr. Ron Hager. He's an associate professor here at BYU of Exercise Sciences in the College of Life Sciences. He's also an expert in chronic disease prevention. He's going to come talk to us about the importance of um, of medicine, but a, maybe a different kind of medicine called functional medicine, where we see each person as a holistic being. Maybe we listen to them a little bit more. We understand their whole system that's going on, their family, their psyche, all of their health issues and see if we can't create better results with the people that uh, that the doctors are serving. Functional medicine is the upcoming topic. Stick with us, folks. We'll be right back with Dr. Ron Hager. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, in studio with us is our good friend, Dr. Ron, uh, Dr. Ron Hager, right here from BYU. Ron's an associate professor of exercise sciences in the College of Life Sciences at Brigham Young University. He's also an expert in chronic disease prevention. And he, he comes into the show and he teaches us. Uh, today we talked about aspartame. I don't know if you heard that part. Oh, I, didn't. I didn't hear Man, it. Man, aspartame. Interesting. Anyway, but uh, the whole time I was thinking about you, like, oh, Ron would have a heyday on this. But last time you talked to us about functional foods, and you're really caught up in this word functional. More and more. And you even today you want to talk about functional medicine. Yeah. What? Okay. Define functional and functional medicine. Well, well, you know, I did actually just take the time to look up the definition of the word functional, having or serving a utilitarian purpose, capable of serving the purpose for which it was designed. <laughs> as if <laughs> as if something isn't functional, I guess it's not doing what it's supposed right. to do, right? So do we have dysfunctional medicine? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Because, you know, a, a month or so ago, we talked about functional food. And, and I just know it's a buzzword right yeah. now, because one of my areas of research interest currently is in uh, uh, chronic pain management yeah. through functional exercise. You know, so there's functional exercise, there's functional fitness, there's I, I looked online, I found out that there's functional architecture, there's functional that, clothing. That, so re- really, it means it's capable of serving the purpose for which it was designed. Yeah, as if an architect designed something that was dysfunctional, I guess. I don't well, know. The, the, you, there are some things that you're like, why is it no, built I, this way? I agree. And I certainly believe that <laughs> there are dysfunctional foods. Absolutely. Uh, but but I also came across this term functional medicine. Now, apparently it's been around a while. And uh, 
and and I have always kind of had this underlying belief that for the most part in medicine today, uh, you know, we, we have what we call a healthcare system. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of politics. There's a lot of news about our healthcare system. I've always kind of felt like it's more of a disease care system. Well, it, it seems like it's reacting, like like it's it, chasing it, the tail. It, exactly. So functional medicine apparently deals with the underlying cause as opposed to just treating the symptoms. Oh, interesting. And so instead of being uh, – so, so in other words, functional medicine addresses the whole person, uh, you know, not just an isolated set of symptoms. Now, this – to me, this means you've got to have a team effort. Yeah. Because, you know, doctors are bright people, but they don't know everything. No. So you might need something like a health coach, a dietitian, a physician – Right, uh, a psychologist, a psychologist, somebody to help with behavioral issues, because you're talking about the whole person. It's right? so true. Yeah, now, and I now, have a lot of doctors in my family, but they're all specialized in their own thing. But yet, you also can't. They, they it's it's almost a trap because they know enough that they think they know. But then, if you go to the next expert, they know so much more. The, right. So a cardiologist knows a, knows everything. I guess you can know about your heart. Yeah. But then bring in a pulmonologist. Yeah. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah, or an oncologist yeah. or, or however many other ologists there are. Now, one of the problems uh, that I've seen, Matt, as as I've even just talked to people I know is that they may be seeing three or four different physicians. Right. Because, you know, one just deals with the neurology yeah. part. One just deals with uh, you know, the the musculoskeletal part or whatever, and they're getting uh, treated for symptoms yeah. across all these different physicians. And these, they, the physicians may not even be talking. No, they're usually they're not. And uh. so, so, so there's a whole, whole kind of an interesting approach. Now, there's a, a fairly well-known functional medicine uh, doctor out there. His name's Dr. Mark Hyman. Uh, he's written some books and some other things. Uh, you know, you could look him up if you want to know more. Uh, he actually started a clinic uh, on the East Coast uh, called the the uh, the, uh, the Ultra Wellness. Institute or mm. something like that. But anyway, he was approached a few years ago by the head of the world-renowned Cleveland Clinic, yeah, which is yeah. the heart hospital yeah. in our country, and saying that he wanted uh, Dr. Hyman to come and start a division in their hospital related to functional medicine. Oh, cool. And, uh, and, uh, and, and Mark uh, Hyman, Dr. Hyman, told the CEO, if I create a program there, it would cut the number of angioplasties and bypasses in half and reduce hospital admissions. So that's an interesting statement, oh, given wow. that the Cleveland Clinic is the top heart hospital in our country. And then he finally said, hire me and I'll do what I can to put you out of business. That's now, this cool. is a physician yeah. telling a hospital director that his ultimate goal in medicine is to put people out of business uh, because – his his ultimate end in functional medicine is to teach patients to care for themselves that's so cool. that they can avoid the hospital altogether. That's really I yeah. Mean, but, so, so that's what functional medicine. And is. you want us to catch catch the fire on this because this is our health. This isn't my doctor's. I'm not just a patient. Yeah, exactly. this is my life. Now, this now is you can my tell health. I'm excited about it, but you know, but what if if it's so good? Why isn't it more prevalent? Why, Why aren't there aren't more the people out there? Well, this is where a friend of mine uh, that uh, is a former uh, student of mine went on to med school. He's practicing medicine now in uh, a rural uh, area in, in, in Texas, Demet, Texas. And he and I have talked about this because 
He has a passion for it too, but he's actually, you know, the one in the trenches. So I'd like to, you know, kind of get his input on, well, why isn't this as easy as it sounds? Let's bring him in. Dr. Rob Adams um, is a practicing physician in Demet, Texas. Dr. Adams, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's it's good to be here. It's uh... Always good to be wherever Ron Hager is. <laughs> Isn't Ron great? <laughs> thanks, <know>. thanks. <laughs> so did, did did Ron get you caught up into this this whole uh, fevered functional medicine world, or did you just um, catch that as a doctor? Well, you know, it, it's actually something that I started uh, in into medicine looking for and what I was kind of expecting to find, and then uh, going through medicine. I mean, there's so so much knowledge out there that you really get, uh, as you go through the system, you almost get categorized into which specialty you're going into. Like, are you going to, you're going to be a pulmonologist, a cardiologist, you know? Um, and, and so, and that's the way that the system is really set up is, uh, um, to, to, uh, uh, drop us into our little cubby. Well, and it Uh, seems like specialty is where you make more money too, right? So everybody wants to be in the specialty to make the money. but the problem – well, I'm sorry, Rod, but one of the problems is that that a person is not compartmentalized. No I way. Mean, I mean, yes, we've defined systems inside yeah. of them, but they are a whole person. Right. Well, yeah. my diet impacts my colon. Yeah. And yeah. so – And even your brain. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And it's, uh, it is really interesting because uh, people don't, don't conceptually understand that, that they're really – their, their body is a, a soup contained by their skin, yeah. and anything that you do in that, in that soup changes the flavor of everything else, like whether it's the brain or the colon or the heart or the lungs. Or, um, and so whether it's the food that we eat or the medicine that we take, um, you know, we take medicine and we say, oh, I don't, I don't want the side effects from that medicine. Well, the, the benefit, the help that you're getting it, the reason that you're taking it, the effect that you're taking it is actually like... A side effect. Everything is a side effect of that medicine that you're taking. Right. Um, some of them we want, so we call them the effect. Some of them are the ones that we don't want, and we call it a side effect. <laughs> and it happens. It happens with with medicine, but it also happens with the food that we eat. Um, and that's one of the things that I thought was really interesting about this functional medicine approach. Well, and you're a doctor. I mean, what kind of what kind of medicine have you specialized in? Um, the, the pigeonhole that I got yeah. put into was uh, family practice. Okay, yeah. Um, and I, I came to this rural town in, in Texas, and one of the things that I have really liked about it is, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in my family practice uh, clinic office right now. Uh, as soon as I hang up, I'm going to go down the hall and see some patients. Last night, I was in the emergency room um, uh, taking care of whoever came through the emergency room, and if I would have admitted somebody, then I would have followed them in the hospital. Mm. And so I'm able to wear several hats, yeah. uh, which is something that, that I like. Um, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's medicine the way that it, it was practiced, you know, uh, years ago before it became more specialized. They just don't have a population base that would merit having uh, uh, specialty physicians. Well, and so. I, to me, it seems like we're, we are whole systems and... It's almost like we've now created an entire institution that sees us as parts. So, yeah. I mean, does it is functionally is this ever going to change? It has to. Like it has to change. Yeah, cuz the uh, health will not improve until no. we can see the whole system. 
Uh, exactly. Until we incorporate all those aspects in, uh, and one term that you had mentioned uh, earlier, Matt, that I think of a lot, and I explain this to people, like our our healthcare system really is set up like chasing dysfunction. Uh, people come in with a pain, they come in with a heart attack, they come in with, you know, uh, some infection. They show up with a dysfunction, yeah. uh, and that's the traditional form of medicine that we're practicing. Uh, we, I mean, we have set up a dysfunctional medicine system. You know, we chase dysfunction. Um, and one of the things that is really interesting about the functional medicine system is they are trying to avoid dysfunction by uh, placing uh, in in our life, uh, having us go through and eat uh, and and do functional type things. And and one right. of the main main aspects is through the food that we eat and. I tell people all the time, like, um, most of the problems that we have in our healthcare system are brought on to, to our, our, our system, our body, by the things that we do to it, whether it's sedentary lifestyle or the, the things that we eat that our body isn't designed to eat. I mean, yeah. I, talk, I talk with people all the time that, that do have a Christian background I'm in, in what you'd classically call, like, the Bible Belt. Um, whether you believe we were created or we evolved over the last 10 million years, we are an organic machine that was designed to, to, to burn fuel. And the fuel that we have, the food that we eat, is not something that our system was designed to handle. Mm. Um, and, and we see people, heart disease, strokes, uh, diabetes, all these things are what Darwin called natural selection. And it's going to... Um, uh, uh, decimate like you know uh, segments of our population. Man, uh, I you know what's so weird about that, uh, Doctor Rob Adams? I thought manna from heaven. I thought that was a Twinkie. <laughs> Weren't those Twinkies? I think that was Hostess was delivering manna from heaven. Uh, no, not uh, not true, huh? Yeah, maybe I read the wrong of, Bible. One of the, yeah, maybe some uh, <laughs> the Bible of Hostess. Yeah, um, but one of the things that I. Uh, I've listened to a couple of the things that this Mark Hyman, uh, Dr. Hyman has, has said, and one thing that I think was uh, an interesting basic guideline for us to follow in eating functional uh, medicine-type foods um, is eat food that God made. Not food that man made. That's a, yeah. That's a, yeah. I mean, that's an easy way. Yeah. In fact, Ron's been teaching us that forever. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to. I mean, but really, I mean, that that's a great way to look at it, right? I mean, same yeah. thing. Drink what God brought to you, not the diet coke. Yeah. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. Okay, let's let, let's do this. Let's take a break um, and uh, come back and continue this discussion of functional medicine. I mean, this holistic approach. It's. It's interesting. It just makes so much sense, and yet it seems like you have to fight against now the institution and the science. I mean, they're all they're all divided into their own little specialties. More with Dr. Ron Hager and Dr. Uh, Rob Adams right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
In studio with us is Dr. Ron Hager, standing right next to a chocolate peanut butter egg. It's green. It's I've not, never seen green peanut butter. I think you're looking at it wrong. Uh, okay. It's delicious. <laughs> okay. Dr. Ron Hager is an associate professor of exercise sciences in the College of Life Sciences at Brigham Young University, also an expert in chronic disease prevention, and he's brought his friend along, Dr. Rob Adams, is on the phone with us. Uh, he is in Demet, Texas, and is suffering the consequences of being a doctor, yet not, uh, not able to be a fully functional medical provider. Well, you, 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 I'll ask. I'll, I'll, I'm going to ask Rob a question uh, because I know how much Rob loves being a doctor. That he probably gets to spend about sixty to ninety minutes with each of his patients. Isn't that right, Rob? Oh, <laughs> maybe ninety to one twenty minutes. Yeah, right. Holy right. cow! No, uh, one of the one of the huge benefits for being in this uh, place in the, uh, where where I'm at is. Um, I'll I'll be with them twenty minutes, sometimes even thirty. Oh minutes, wow! Which yeah, is which, actually, that's yeah. unheard of. That's like four times longer than the average doctor, probably. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So is that yeah. a key? What, what? Why is it? We've been talking about functional medicine, where where doctors kind of are very specialized. They don't have the holistic approach of kind of the proactive food, exercise, diet. Stress, stress behavior, management, psychology. Yeah. They don't have the holistic approach. They kind of stick to their specialties. Why does that happen, Rob? Why, why is that the way we're choosing to do medicine today? Um, uh, I, that's a good question. And, and honestly, I'll give you some – I'll say some things. And granted, it's, it's my opinion and some of my observation. And there, there are probably more authorities out there than, than me. I think part of it is uh, reimbursement-driven. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a it's a model that's easier to reimburse. One of the things that I thought was interesting going through medical school and a vast majority of medical schools, except for like a dozen of them that I, I've seen listed, don't delve into functional medicine very deeply. Functional medicine being uh, nutrition and how the things that we eat influence our body systems and how our body's able to, to cope and deal with uh, the diseases and, and difficulties that, that come uh, that, that we come across. It's just not something that is um, that, that's instructed on very often. Yeah. There's so much to learn about for uh, you know different microbiological uh, problems and the pharmacology and the anatomy and the physiology and um, and then you, you get out and you have to learn so much about coding and billing and reimbursement. Yeah. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's not something that is, um, that, that you, it's not a stop on that road through the profession. So In college, I was an EMT on an ambulance and we would get calls all the time to go to, you know, a home to pick somebody up in the ambulance that really just needed a ride to the hospital. But it was easier to bill for them. Yeah. It, was, it was easier for the patient to just bill it to Medicare or whatever, Medicaid or whatever, instead of actually just getting a taxi and having to use yeah. their own cash. And it's almost like it does. It creates a system where all of a sudden you're having emergency workers in your home to get you to the ambulance to get you to your doctor's appointment. But don't you think, yeah. Rob, that uh, in the future insurance companies I, – I know it's going to take time, but – 
there has to be a point of reality where the current system is basically financially dismantling itself. And in the future, insurance companies are going to have to see that prevention is going to be much more uh, financially bearable than treatment. Yeah. And they're, they're going to have to approach it from, from that direction. And I've heard rumblings of that through insurance companies already where they are saying if you have a certain body mass index, meaning your height divided by your weight, um, then you will start getting charged more for insurance. Granted, this is insurance that we're now mandated to have. Oh, and wow. So they're trying to shift some of that onto patients as a responsibility, um, which I think is interesting because they're, they're still trying to chase that dysfunction yeah. and, and, until they realize that, that that's not the correct approach. Because, I mean, my last patient was somebody with a fantastic BMI who's had diabetes yeah. for 15 years, and he's, you know, 45 years old. Um, there's, uh, and so that, that approach isn't going to work. And so they're going to have to, and you see them starting to wake up a little bit to the reality of the situation. And it's, it's, it's a hard thing to swallow because how do you pay for that? Right. Um, politicians are the ones that have to, uh, uh, take care of that, come up with a plan, a protocol, and then they have to go and be, you know, then we elect them. And, uh, and it's easy to, to sling mud and, and, like, you really just have to take the bull by the horns and, and fix the problem and, and let the, the chips go where they, where they lie. You know, this is, this is a topic. We, we've got to have you back to talk about this, like, in depth. Yeah, we that, could, we could cover a whole 40 minutes on this because it's not going away no. and it's more no. complicated than some led, you know, some policy change, right? It's just not going to, because somebody may have a bad BMI because of something that's even undiagnosed yeah. yet. We're charging them more yet. We've never even diagnosed it yet. Cause I'm having my heart looked at, not my liver. Well, well, even, yeah. even for example, uh, Matt, a person that, that has a heart attack. Yeah. They rarely, does anybody say, even from the medical side, what caused the heart attack? Yeah, we don't go there, do we? Well, well at least from an underlying root cause perspective. Right. It's, all, it's just, well, your arteries were clogged. Right. We will bypass them. Yeah. Well, and then, but, and then after the afterthoughts, the diet, you need a diet and exercise. Right. But yeah, so, yeah. It's, so, maybe, so, so some maybe. things have to yeah. change. And, you know, the human being is naturally inquisitive. They, humans want to understand things at the deepest level possible. And I think that's a good thing. But you always have to keep the whole in perspective. And I think from a medical standpoint, you know, there was a time when medicine was about seeing the whole forest. And then we got to a point where we couldn't see the forest for the trees. And now we can't even see the trees because of the bark. Well, and now the tree's falling down on us. And we need a doctor. Um, Let's, we got to go because we've got a deadline here, but um, we're going to have you guys back and have an in-depth discussion more on this subject of functional medicine, the holistic view, really. I mean, we need somebody that's looking at the whole picture. It's almost in everything, right? This is, it is. This yeah. is all about health, but it's it's in everything we do. Yeah. And um, great stuff. We appreciate you guys coming in. Dr. Rob Adams, uh, be safe down in Demet, Texas. And Dr. Ron Hager, thanks for coming in. Good stuff, my friends. We'll take a break. Stick with us, folks. When we come back, we'll be talking to our buddies at BYU Sports Nation up next right here on The Matt Townsend Show. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. little Space Jam theme song for you. We're going to shoot it down to our good buddies at BYU Sports Nation. Apparently, the boys are back. Hello, gentlemen. What's up? Hello. I have missed you both. It's been a while. You're together. Where did you go? Uh, yeah, where'd you go? I went to uh, recreate and to I went golfing for three days. Nice. Actually, I went golfing for two days, and it was it was so hot that I only golfed for forty five minutes. Are you a good player? You should see me. I, I realized again. I, are you a good player? No, I'm not a good player. You I, should I, see me. I I you should play see. the sport. I I have clubs. <laughs> And I have shoes with spikes on them. Um, I'm not a great player, but I realized I I'm I can hit the ball straight. All right, that, that's really good. But that's the number one that object. Was, that was it. I, it's I'm, more than most people can do. Yeah. It, it it actually is, don't you think? Yes. It's but you guys are great golfers, I'm sure. Nope. I'm not. No, I'm pretty bad. Actually. Are you? Let's go mm-hmm. play. No, actually, you know what? My legs are sore. I didn't realize how much of a golf swing is actually your legs. Absolutely, your lower body and core fit into that. Hey, leave my core out of this. <laughs> you, my core. <laughs> you core. Hey, do uh, you guys hear the good news today? By the way, today is Bad Poetry Day. Bad Poetry Day? Mm-hmm. We should be really good at that. You guys, this is your favorite topic Is there such thing as bad poetry? <laughs> that was great. Who was that? That was Jerem. That was, I know, who was some dude at a local library. No, it sounded like you were doing like a, a, Mike, a Mike Myers impression. <laughs> yeah, the librarian. Is there such thing as bad poetry? <laughs> <laughs> a, bad, a bad SNL skit. That is yeah. a really bad SNL skit. Hey, did you guys hear about Donald Trump? What did he do this uh, time? Heidi you know, Klum's not a 10 anymore? That? Oh, did he say that? Yeah. yeah. What? Are you surprised? Heidi Klum's totally a 10. Uh, no, but she's <laughs> nine point whatever. Yeah. Um, no, Donald Trump apparently speaks at a third grade level. Speaks at a third grade uh-huh. level. According, his vocabulary hovers around a third or fourth grade reading level. Huh. So says Jack Schaefer at Politico. They've done some research on him using the Flesh Kincaid grade level test. Trump spoke like a fourth grader. Uh, Ted Cruz speaks like a ninth grader. Scott Walker, Mike Huckabee, and Ben Carson, they all hit the eighth grade mark. Nice. Donald's about a third grader because he relies on the word great and very. He loves the words we and I. And he also uses other words like idiots, morons, dumb, haters, losers, total losers, uh, just to name a few. <laughs> what would Jeremy and I register at? We dust think that... Uh, that is. You just did a Mike Myers impression of a librarian. <laughs> so I'm going with second grade. That's got to be at least fifth grade, right? I, pe- I think I peaked in seventh, like in all <laughs> aspects of my life. No, I did too. So I would take that. I actually probably speak like a fifth grader hmm. because I have favorite words I use all the time. Oh, yeah. But you guys, I, I would say you're easily sixth or, sixth or seventh. Spencer cogitates really well. He pardoned? He has well cogitated thoughts yes. and speech. He done cogitates. This has been this has been established since the beginning of this program. <laughs> I matriculate this program. Oh my heavens! Down the field, if in you a will. direction. Can you guys talk without gesticulating? Uh, I yes. need to consult my physician. Have, have you guys ever been involved in premarital interdigitation? Interdigitation is communication, right? No, no, hand holding. Hand holding. It's where you inter, inter interdigitation. Yeah, you put your fingers. as in your digits. Uh-huh. Okay, mm. there you go. See that? See, that's the biggest word I know. I just used it right there. 
Hey, um, are you guys doing that thing on your thing? Are you doing your show thing? Interdigitation? No, not no. that thing. You guys aren't interdigitating. <laughs> no, that will not be happening What's today. A, you guys, there's a lot of interesting news in sports right now. Yes, there is quite a bit of are sports you, news. I, I'm sure you've got a really big show. As if we wouldn't. <laughs> Dude, there's my second grade speaking level. Right? As, as if. As if. <laughs> Ew. Uh, yeah, there are there are a lot of things going on, but we have a let's start with this juicy juicy question. What Matt Townsend? Oh, I love juicy questions. Which BYU team <laughs> will have a better season? BYU basketball or BYU football? Oh, that's hard. Mm. Uh, well, uh, I'm going to need you to get on the Twitter machine at some point. Okay. I'll do that, but I am gonna, after a well cogitated thought and type that in. Okay, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna type that into my Twitter fade. Okay, it's gonna be basketball. Why? Because BYU just a lot of things are a lot of surprises are coming out at BYU football. A lot of surprises. Okay, I mean I'm not a pro like you guys, but you know people aren't people are not showing up. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Are you referencing the suspension that has been announced? <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to mention Half it. suspension? Because every, everything I say, I end up getting in trouble because so, I say too much. So I'm just saying. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So that's going to be a great topic. Oh, it's Did you see me shift the subject? I did see you shift that subject to get yourself out of trouble or yes. potential trouble. Yes. Any, was, anything else on your show? That was a good move. Thank you. Yeah, there are plenty of things on the show. Oh, yeah. BYU announced the basketball series. Uh, They announced the roster of the dudes that made the trip to Spain. We'll tell you who went, who got left out. Sweet. The baseball schedule came out before the non-conference basketball schedule. Yeah, conference, Which is weird. So we'll have Mike Littlewood, the head ball coach, on the the show to break it down. Plus, Blaine Fowler will walk us through what he's seeing at fall camp. Media availability today as well. So if you want to check out live interviews from that, you can follow at BYU TV Sports on Periscope. Are you Periscoping? Oh, Jeremy is all about the Periscope. We will later, yeah. Oh, I was, I was in Seattle that. hanging out, and I was listening to the Periscopes live and watching. Really? Because I wanted to be plugged in, man. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. Why not? That's a great show, you guys. It's going to be one of our best. I was gone for a few days. I thought they probably weren't going to do your show anymore. We do the show a lot. You do it. As, as you, you do the show a you lot. You do it rain well. or shine. That's Number 519 today, Matt. Holy cow. That's exact. That's amazing. I, yeah. you, honestly. Our research team is all over them. Impressive. And by the way, at a sixth grade level, which is <laughs> okay, really high. <laughs> That's two levels above mine. So. As long as we're ahead of the multi-billionaire Donald Trump. Yeah. You good got for it. me. Good you for me. It. And you got better hair, by the way. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, gentlemen, have a great show. Thank you, sir. Knock them dead. It's good to be back. Good to good to have you guys. Seriously, I'm glad you made up. I just took vacation. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you guys broke up. Anyway. And a lot of it. <laughs> I thought you were like a boy band. It's that time broke we up. interdigitate. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't. <laughs> what? Don't hold hands. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great Please show. Please no. <laughs> Crazy. I taught. I shouldn't have taught him premarital interdigitation. When we got married, my wife and I, we. Um, we were at a wedding shower and with all of her parents' friends, which are like really wealthy people. And they're like, okay, Matt, we've got one question. And I was so scared. And they like, did you ever participate in premarital interdigitation? And I'm like, probably not. I don't even know what that is. But probably not. 
Uh, it's hand-holding, basically. Where you intersperse your – you intertwine your fingers. <sighs> Good times. Anyway, great show. Holy cow. Mike Pond is on the keyboard. Pressing all the buttons. Trevor's on the banjo. And life is good. We've, we're, we're finally getting, we're getting control here uh, of this great show. And so, as, as you know, we always like to wrap up the show with a really cool hero story. And um, I want to talk about an off-duty firefighter who saves the life of two people in a local fire. Check this out. After seeing a woman and her baby in distress, one man's quick actions led to lives being saved. Here's the story, okay? A devastating fire in Chattanooga, Tennessee, displaced several families last week. An apartment complex caught on fire in the early morning hours, and most of the older buildings did not have sprinklers or firewalls to stop the fire from spreading. Lieutenant Vern Lane A firefighter for the Chattanooga Fire Department was off duty at his home when he could hear panic outside his apartment. Someone was yelling, get out, get out. There's a fire in the building. Lane quickly grabbed a few of his possessions and ran outside to his truck. He had barely dropped his things when he noticed a woman on the third floor standing on her balcony holding her child. She looked terrified. She was holding their child over the railing when the 10-month-old baby slipped out of her hands Lane jumped as fast as he could into the bushes and caught the child. The mother then jumped over as well. Lane helped her, breaking her fall. Lane uh, learned that the the woman's husband had jumped earlier, but the impact had injured him, so he was not able to help in the rescue of the family. The family was taken to the hospital with minor injuries. Miraculously, nobody else in the apartment complex was injured, and Lieutenant Lane is being deemed a hero. He disagrees, though. They always do, by the way, notice. They always disagree that they're not a hero. He was just acting in response to his first responder skills. When you're responding to a fire, you try to use your knowledge, your skill set, what you've been taught to do. It's your basic instinct. That's what every firefighter uses to do their job. So Lieutenant uh, Vernon Lane is my hero of the day, one of Townsend's heroes. Also, just three other, just really quickly, I'm sure you heard about this in the news. First female soldiers to graduate from Army Ranger School, three women have uh, – actually, two soldiers will graduate from the Army's legendary Ranger School this week. They're the first women to complete the course since it was opened to them um, on an experimental basis this year. By the way, 19 women started and two women finished. So pretty amazing when you think about it. It's seriously demanding physically and mentally – but it really is also, uh, you know, they got to carry gear, 100 pounds of gear. They got to do all this stuff. And um, only 40% of those that start it finish it. So, you know, kudos to them. They're, they're two heroes right there, two pioneers breaking uh, ground for women. Anyway, that's the show, my friends. Again, we can't do the show without you. We're here Monday through Friday, 9 to noon Eastern time. And in just a few minutes, you're going to be able to go listen to the wonderful uh, voices of Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, our buddies from BYU Sports Nation. They're up at 12 Eastern time. Stick with us. Uh, you know, keep listening to BYU Broadcasting. Also, just so you know, you can find us on podcast at iTunes or tune in or go to BYURadio.org. Also, follow us on Twitter. Look up Dr. Matt Tweets or go find me on my Facebook page. Good stuff, folks. Again, we're here to help you find the good in the world. 
And by the way, there's plenty of it out there. So until tomorrow, take care, look after the ones you love, and make it a great one. I believe there's a strain of goodness running through the songs of each decade, each style that comes along. Join Ron Simpson on the Tantera Hour, where he shares all types of good music. As we've explored the music of all styles and all decades, I've just realized I've probably neglected the pop music of the 90s. And Ron will also introduce you to some music you've never heard of. And then to finish off today, there's a kind of a party song called... Hey, hard to earn. The Tantara Hour, weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. On This Will Take a while, Dean Duncan shares engaging, expansive conversation, and it's guaranteed to expand your vocabulary. He wasn't perfidious, but he was some misanthropist. I was being tendentious, sort of demonstrable, but kind of grotesquely caricatured. <laughs> and me as a as a looky-loo or a bystander. A what? A looky-loo? A looky-loo. All right, that's a new word for me. This will take a while. Weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio. Talk about good. Tune in to the Kim Power Stilson Show. For people listening uh, across the nation, we are here in our studios on Brigham Young University campus, uh, nicely settled in the Rocky Mountains. For fantastic interviews and a great host. This is why I like being on the show with you, Kim, because (laughs) you're too kind. The Kim Power Stilson Show. Weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio.